Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Today, we're going to be focusing a lot on E3 2017. We're back from the dead. Yes, it's been a few weeks since we had our last podcast. Isn't that right, Josh Torres? Yeah, it's been, it's been quite a while. Yes, we, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of that situation where before E3, everyone was kind of busy trying to get ready for it. Then after E3, people were kind of tired, so it's kind of hard to convince people to do that. Everyone is still trying to get home and, you know, exhausted. Yeah, I know from last year we out. had like a during E3 podcast, but just the, the timing of it, the scheduling and all, everything, it was, just, it was just chaotic this year. It's a lot, it was a lot busier this year, and that's, a, that's good for us. It's good for the site. We're, we're exploring new territories as a site, and it's kind of exciting. Yeah, we're, we're running into that preview business now where we write our thoughts on, on actual text instead of talking about it. It's new territory. Yes, I mean, like we do so many videos and so many podcasts, <laughs> we we have to get away from the text. Gosh, yeah, text uh, is back. Yes, so text is back. Text is new again. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be just spending this podcast, like I said, just talking about E3 2017, the games that we got to see, uh, the games that some of us got to write about, and all the news that broke during the event, uh, whether it was the press conferences or. The live streams no, not and stuff all like, of them. That's like a massive, but just no, whatever. We're going to talk about the highlights. That's that's for sure. So yes, and so moving into the guest that we've got today. Uh, yes, we've got as I just mentioned, Josh Torres. We've got Adam Vitali, and then Brian Vitali, and then finally we got the return of Kyle Campbell. Welcome, one and all. Hello, Kyle Campbell right. returns. So Kyle like Campbell a, returns. yeah, the majority of us actually attended E3, Sucks and back. then uh, Adam and Zach are here to kind of like just say fuck fuck you guys we're not doing an e3 podcast that's yes. exactly why they're here you say adam and zach my brother's name is adam so it's kind of weird when you say that <laughs> so i'm like wait my brother's here where is he at so yes he's adam. here too spiritually oh gosh call him, i don't want call him, around. Call him sueda. 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 <laughs> hey, sueda inside jokes good times so yes uh now the people that joined us uh joining us who got to go kyle josh and brian most of us were able to attend Next time, Adam, you and I, we'll, we'll be at E3 next year, right? That's, that's kind of the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. We'll see what happens. Uh, you're a lot closer to E3 than you were before. Uh, yep. You're all moved into Seattle, right? Or near Seattle in the desert. Richland. So Richland? The, other, other, the other corner of Washington. Oh, the other corner. Half. Not even near Seattle, is it? Well, about three hours from Seattle. Oh, okay. So I assume Somewhat everything. Near. I assume Seattle is like the entire state. So when I say Seattle, I mean Washington. That's... Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That know. checks out. That's like when you say like, do you mean Washington State or Washington? It's anyway. like it's like how in Oregon, Salem is the only city in yeah. South Oregon. Yeah, I get you know, it. Chicago, whatever that mm-hmm. it just encompasses all of. Anyway, so yes, we've got a lot to talk about. So we're going to be bypassing some of the usual stuff that we discuss, such as the games we've been playing, and get straight into the meat of the conversation, which will be what was it again? Uh, so e3 e3 thing? yes yeah e3. so well some of us some of us got to get hands on at e3 so yes. yeah kyle what did, you, Ten what did you get your hands on at e3 yes what did you put your your grimy dirty mitts on uh first thing i got to play oh geez turn back turn back the top clock it was only yeah, a week ago let's well, let's take a step back here brian it's this is war. your first e3 uh, how uh, about before we I get remember... into like the games that we talked about how about what was your just to kind of sum things up, generally speaking, what was your E3 experience like? Uh, well, because this was my first E3 and it was the first E3 that had uh, 
the general public pass. Oh, it felt was... a lot. It felt a lot like. Uh, yeah, I know we all have feelings about that. Um, oh, so it felt. It felt a lot like a PAX to me, only more, a little more formal. Like it felt like PAX Southwest, basically. Mm-hmm. We, 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 had, uh, we had the invasion of the neon, so to speak. <laughs> out of the yeah, and, to ex- and to explain that uh, a little bit without trying to be too disparaging, uh, all of the general public badges just didn't have them visible, had a, a little neon like plastic slip that the badges yeah, went in. Yeah, yeah, because your guys were like blue or something like that or red, I don't know. Ours are just clear. Ours yeah, are just yeah, clear with, yeah, just white. Um, and then, so anytime there was a, a long line at any of the demos or at any of the restaurants outside of the venue, it was due to the neons. Um, but, <laughs> but but just like a PAX, like, I'm sure a lot of them had a good time. We had a good time. It was just different for people who had been there before. And that's where I can't comment because I hadn't been there before. To me, it felt just like a PAX. Yeah, it uh, was my second E3. And Kyle, was it your third or fourth? Third. And yeah. uh, it's, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to be completely disparaging. And I thought it was really <laughs> fucking annoying. Uh, <laughs> like, like, holy shit, I'm there to actually work. And then there's like like people dropping corn dogs all over themselves. Like, for God's sakes. Oh, that sounds <laughs> God. awesome. It was so bad. It was so bad. Um, everyone I know that that worked E3, whether they were press or PR or company people, were all mad. It was really just there. It's just not built for it. Uh, yeah, it, at just, all. it was. It was weird because they had like a similar like floor plan and layout to last year, except they thought nothing of like, oh, there's just be extra bodies here. Like they, they did not like rework the actual core plan. Well, the well yeah, to put to put comedy. numbers to it, I think they said like last year it was around fifty thousand, and this year it was around seventy thousand. Yeah. So yeah. it's like yeah, that's a forty percent increase or whatever. It's in, in the same venue, so yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of thinking to do, and hopefully they do make improvements if they want to continue down this path. I, I actually don't mind that it's like open to the public, but at least start organizing your event to like accommodate them. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's I think just that's easier thing, everyone. Right? Yeah, it's 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 that's the thing, right? Is that they had all these people back. The problem was is that the event itself still hasn't really grown that much. So it's got a lot more people, but like there's still uh, companies, actually more companies than ever, that are doing things outside of E3. And so like you have to go all the way to Hollywood if you want to visit EA stuff that was going on. That was horseshit, by the way. Yeah, that, that, was that, was my, that was my first you know experience. It was just me and uh, Alex going to EA because Andrea hadn't arrived yet. And it was just weird because it's like, here's our technically not E3 venue. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, kind of what it was last year. A, a, few, a, few, a few miles away that you have to take the metro to get there and there's nothing really near there. And of course, I think uh, EA had a pretty poor presentation, at least not something that EA's was weird because like it definitely integrated influencers way more than like any like prior press conference has. It's like you're like integral to the show, uh, so to speak. And you know there there were some minor hiccups here and there, especially with the Need for Speed. And you know there there was a whole you know teleprompter fuck up uh, around that. But it just the the whole tone of it is just kind of. I don't know if and it, it had for the, me. it had the the worst seats ever. Like by the end of it, yeah. they were doing that long Battlefront demo, and I'm like, just and, and <laughs> stand up. Like it was less comfortable than the plane ride there. It was pretty bad. I mean, yeah. Battlefront Two looks pretty awesome. I don't know. Yeah, it does look cool. That's, I, that's I, the do, game I, I do. I do. Like I think out of that uh, conference, I think he. There were strong choice for Battlefront 2 and the new Need for Speed looks oh, like a yeah. burnout game. Really so it's cool. just like, yeah, <laughs> once I saw that takedown, I'm like, look, I know this wouldn't exist without Fast and the Furious, but at the same time, this this has potential. This can go somewhere. 
I spent a lot of time in Hot Pursuit, like the more recent Hot Pursuit game, and so oh, yeah. I would love to be able to do that. So is yeah, that th- also where a way out was as well? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah, yes. if, that, if that's where a way out they debuted, yes. then yeah, that's also another game that I really liked uh, seeing there. Yeah, originals I, or something like that, whatever they call their indie yeah, it's like they, it's like their yeah. indie thing, kind of like unraveled. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's from the person from uh, Brothers, and I really enjoyed Brothers. Uh, uh, two cents, yeah. Mm-hmm. Natural evolution to that. That's it. Looks really cool, and then of course they had the announcement of Anthem, and so that kind of that would actually kind of lead us into that discussion about Anthem. So that's Bioware's new IP that they've been working on for a while. Now this is uh, proper Bioware's Edmonton, I think it is. Or yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Bioware, Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton. yeah, that's the headquarters. So, um, yeah, this is a huge ambitious undertaking for them. That it's kind of like all hands on deck. Where of course they had the other teams they talked about, like the people that worked on Andromeda and all these other teams are banding together to make this brand new IP that's definitely meant to be like a Destiny competitor. Um, but what do you guys think about that? I thought the whole idea of like the traversing with the jetpacks and the combat and everything like that looks pretty cool. It's, I, uh, uh, yeah, good, you oh, we're go all talking at the same time. Okay, <laughs> uh, like my, my thoughts... Like... Okay, go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> no, you go ahead. Oh, great. I should have just oh, pointed boy. out. How about, Kyle, you go ahead. My thoughts on Anthem are uh, it looks fine. I think it could be fun. It has a a level of polish that really, you know, you see where the polish that should have gone into Mass Effect and Drama should have gone, and, but there it is. Um, my thoughts are is it's another one of these service loot-based RPG, action RPG shooter oh. things oh, yeah. that's meant to compete with Destiny, and I saw nothing about it that thought made me think, oh, that's a Bioware game. You could have told me that was made by DICE or Visceral, and I wouldn't even have questioned it. Uh, I really was completely underwhelmed by it. Um, it looks fine. It could be great. But all I see, it seems like a Me Too game, and it feels like nothing like a Bioware game. There's nothing about that gameplay sh- that they said, oh, that's a Bioware game, totally. That's my thoughts on it. I'm actually pretty down on it. See... You say visceral, and immediately I was thinking, what if Dead Space 4 was a horror MMO game? <laughs> like an if outer only, space. Uh, uh, Resident Evil Outbreak? That would, I think like, you, oh my I gosh, think, Outbreak was such a good game. <laughs> I think you could, you probably could ask people at Visceral what Dead Space is, and they wouldn't know anymore. No, it's all Star Wars for them now, right? Isn't that what they're yeah. working on? Yeah, I knew yeah they're Emmy Henny Star Wars. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it. I don't know, it could be great. It had really good art direction, uh, but again, it like, God, it was just, it looks so much, it's just like the Destiny thing again. It's like, oh, there's people pretending to talk on a mic and they're like, oh, and. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's fine. That's what the, the, the scripted, like, co op, like, banter is always so bad. It's okay. Yeah, so yeah that, that's always and, a yeah, good and, you, and you see people tweet the teleprompter and where it actually says, like, insert banter here or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, voice my take was pretty similar to Kyle's, only maybe a little less down. Like, Bioware is kind of like comfort food to me. I've actually just recently started Andromeda, and I'm liking it a lot. I think it cool. helps that I'm starting on version 1.08 or whatever, where a lot of the dead eyes or whatever are somewhat fixed or at least adjusted. But anyways, like, Bioware, there's it has this familiarity to it. Like, you, you, you kind of know how the combat's going to play, how the, how the party composition's going to work itself out how the you know in between your missions or your campaigns or your explorations or whatever but that's what we didn't get to see like what happens when you're not first of all i haven't played destiny so i don't have any sort of like 
familiarity with that sort of sure, sure. shared ex- shared experience RPG or whatever they want to call it. Fantasy Online experience. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm kind of wondering, like, okay, you go out and you have a task to to collect something or explore something or do something outside of that, like, garden-walled city or whatever, and then you come back into the city and you do what? Like, you can, you can you know, guess that you shop, you upgrade, you, you quest, but we didn't see any of that. Like, all we saw was them, like, jetpacking around and, like, shooting stuff. And it's like, well, this, this looks okay, but how do you finish the gameplay loop? Like, what do you do once you've gathered your materials and it's you've done same. your quest? Yeah. It's so, the same, because yeah. you've played a bunch of Guild Wars, so it's just like Guild Wars or any online MMO slash dungeon, you know, online dungeon crawling thing, where it's like you go into, I don't know what their equivalent is, but in Destiny, like, they call them strikes, and it's like you just face a series of bosses or waves and just, uh, you know, hope that the item you want drops. And if it doesn't, then you run the dungeon again. You might pick up materials, and maybe you can craft something back at your home city. But that's what I mean. It's like the I cog, what is the word? I cannot. I can't fucking speak right now. That um, <laughs> was so much like Destiny. It kind of got on my nerves. Like they're doing the thing, like oh, there's a central city and there's a wall, and I'm like, oh my god, it's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Is that the voice you had? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, wow, but no was, one looking at you. It's like, it's like in Destiny, you're inside the last city on the planet, and like, yeah. oh, I wonder, what, it's the same thing. Um, anyways, well, see, I, I, can't, I can't string yeah. together my thoughts well on this, but, but my thoughts are, is it feels like such a Me Too game, and basically what you're doing is, because like these games are kind of like... Loot RPGs have always been like the appeal is like the slot machine where like you kill something and hopefully the the boss or whatever the enemy drops the item you want and if it doesn't and people play these games forever. Um, That's kind of like ever, it's kind of like Final Fantasy fourteen in a sense. It's like every it, it, it's like Diablo from fucking twenty years ago. Oh, of course. Like, uh, so I'm sorry. You go ahead. Okay. So yeah, I mean. Uh... I don't expect the world out of this at its first debut and not so good. It's still like a 2018 game, fall 2018, I think. So mm-hmm. like going into it, I'm kind of like taking it at face value. It's like this is they're just kind of introducing this for the first time. I don't expect like some expansive like you know oh there's like the exact characters, the lore and everything. It's like okay, well what what are you actually trying to tell me, right? So the like there are several things from the you know uh, extensive kind of gameplay demo that they showed off. Like kinda, I thought thought it was interesting that like when you're going around that little bazaar place. Uh, it was first person, then it trans uh, shifts to a third person. Uh, once you get into like your, into your suit, like your like kind of mech suit. Yeah, they're called uh, ja- javelin. Yeah, javelin. javelin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought that was thing. actually kind of yeah, <laughs> it was alright. <laughs> uh, the, there's a lot of like like you mentioned earlier, a lot of uh, interesting art direction choices. It's uh, definitely you know going for that uh, sci-fi futuristic kind of look i when they did the jetpack thing i was i told brian right away i was like the dark void <laughs> you know and i would i would really love it like if there there was a, a mechanic in that game where you can actually do like third person cover shooting with your jetpack kind of like uh what dark void was going for and whatnot and just kind of like the mechanical designs the the ui stuff i think it, i think it was all sleek you know i mean it i'm sure a lot of people like you know got a me too vibe from oh it's trying to do what destiny uh, does but if you think about it when this comes out uh it's gonna be or those people, uh, like not only for newcomers, like who really like Bioware, but at the same time, like those who are already burnt out by Destiny 2. Like say, like uh, mm-hmm. the next year, you know, they've already exhausted whatever things they had. So like in the off season of like Destiny, be like say uh, they're waiting for a new expansion pack for it. This is another option for them. And I think it's like it, it right at its surface. I think there's uh, there's a lot of you know ways to differentiate it from Destiny. Sure, it looks like the basic like 
formula of it right now, the core skeleton of it, like screams Destiny. But I think there's, you know, there, there's a lot of room for improvement on like, you know, what Destiny fans wanted and potentially what Destiny 2 won't provide them. Maybe Anthem can like step in and be like, okay, you got the complete package right here. So I, I, I'm kind of like neutral on it at, at the moment. I'm just seeing it for what it is because it's still mm-hmm. far, uh, a long way off. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what kind of uh, universe there they're going to try to craft with this. And hopefully, like it distinguishes itself from Mass Effect, because you know Bioware likes to do these kinds of um, space opera sci-fi, uh, sci-fi stuff. And I'm hoping it takes a different direction from what they tried to do with Mass Effect. Yeah, I think my <clears throat> excuse me, my approach to this is that when I first started about it, I was like another science fiction game. I would kind of like Mass Effect to you know, excuse me, Bioware to kind of try something different. But if we're going to get something like this, I don't know how Destiny Two is going to be. My problem with Destiny 1 is that they took a lot of the narrative and just kind of pushed it off and made you like do a lot of research to find out what was happening mm-hmm. in the world. Bioware yeah. is pretty good about you know depositing all that within the world itself, whether That's it's through point. conversations with NPCs mm-hmm. or like... Uh, uh, just straight up cutscenes and stuff like that. So I think that's what's going to draw me in a lot because I'm such a huge fan of the of narrative and story building and all this stuff and character building. Um, so I'm curious to see how they're going to be able to combine all that together. It might be that Destiny 2 does a lot better with that stuff as well. But uh, my hope is that Bioware, yes, is not trying to do a Me Too, as you, as you mentioned. It's that they're going to try to carve their own sort of niche their own uh, section where they can kind of dominate this landscape that has been built up because of destiny so i'm very curious mm-hmm. about that obviously it's kind of uh, bothersome that ea has gotten this huge drive to make that you know yeah that socially driven game where it seems like every single game they got to make now has to have this sort of narr- uh thing but that's what it. breaks in the money so i mean yeah, no, totally, it's, perspective. totally it's totally understandable and i totally get why they're doing it but it kind of reminds me of Ubisoft and their open world games. It's like, is this going to be like this this huge thing where everything's got to be interconnected? And I totally get that. And, you know, if I don't like it, there's plenty of other games I could be playing anyway. So it's not a huge mm-hmm. deal. But if there's one thing I'm curious about is, yes, it's about the narrative. And like Brian, mm-hmm. uh, I do want to get started on Andromeda soon because, yeah, it's like even if there's a lot of qualms with like gameplay and stuff like that like if as long as the story is good i'm i'm gonna draw I'm, I'm gonna be very interested in it so i'm curious to see how that game actually is uh because my opinion on games tends to be quite different than a lot of other people's <laughs> and i totally accept that you know i like games that other people don't so i'm, I'm very interested to see that it, i had big problems with even mass the mass effect series as far as like gameplay was concerned but i i couldn't deny that i liked the story even in three there was parts of that uh big parts of that that i got really into the story so i'm interested to see how that goes so uh, I anyone should, else I should, sorry. Go ahead. I should probably say like I don't mean to sound too down on it the thing is it's just like there's the potential for them to be create an interesting world that might be you know obviously you know destiny doesn't present that kind of stuff very well at all I like destiny lore is like ugh. uh well, <laughs> Speaking of Destiny lore that I know nothing about, I just saw this article where they said, like, we don't know what the darkness was, so it's not going to uh, appear in the sequel or whatever. Mm, and obviously, I don't, I, don't, I don't have the context to know exactly what that means, I, but I'm just kind of like, well, that's a little weird. It sounds like One the of, writers weren't working closely with the rest of the team. They, they were doing their own thing. I, <laughs> but, think, I think that game kind of – I'm just going to say it. That game didn't have a story when it launched. It just didn't have one. No. Uh, didn't they add it later? Well, there was also, like, they, the they, Taken King and it, stuff like that, right? It's just it, – yeah, I played through that, and I don't know. It's all – if you're really like the kind of person that loves like digging into like quote unquote lore and like world building stuff and like everyone always says that the grimoire cards and all the stuff
stuff you look oh, at on their yeah. website is, is it's great. It's like Final Fantasy Thirteen. You got to read the encyclopedia. Exactly, they, 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 they the exact but, same thing. But the like that kind of stuff is fine to help build a world. But like when that's the only way, like I like yeah, Destiny. That kind of stuff was never that interesting. But um, the thing is with Anthem, like yeah, that's a really good point, uh, Zach. That you know, Bioware is good at that kind of thing. But again, in that demo, like. Like, if I had told you, you knew nothing about this game, if I told you that Visceral made that, would you even question that? That's what I'm saying, is that I saw nothing distinctly Bioware about that. Sure, sure. Totally get that. And that's because they... I don't... I love... I I enjoyed Inquisition, but I didn't think the gameplay was good. I just don't think Bioware does really good action gameplay. So I'm I'm interested to see it. Because I think they do great with, like, turn-based stuff, but even then, that can be sometimes iffy. I don't know if they just lost a lot of direction with that. So... I'm interested in how that'll work out. In a it might be. We have a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've got, yeah. It's a it's a long ways off, and this is this is their this is the actual Bioware. This isn't Austin yeah. or Montreal. This is the 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 Edmonton Oilers of uh, of Bioware. <laughs> isn't and, Austin uh, the uh, Star Wars Old Republic people? Is that them? Yeah, yeah. It's like one. It's that thing where EA says it's a new Bioware studio, and it's like no, it's not. But anyways. Um, yeah, it it could be great. It did have really nice art direction, and that that frostbite engine, you know, never ceases to amaze how good oh, it can totally, look. Totally, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I think that's it's great that they're able to do that. So, is there any other thoughts you guys have about Anthem before we move on? Mm. Nope, sounds good. Okay, no, so Dark Void Two. I was, <laughs> so I, I was thinking about the structure of how our conversation is going to go. So I was thinking maybe we can briefly just one game from each one or two games from each press conference i know we didn't want to get into the press conference because that's a huge conversation there's no point in going through and everything but let's kind of just through the different conferences just address one or two games because a lot of those games that they showed were not at e3 proper and that makes a lot of sense and that's also kind of the negative that you can say against it is that there was a bunch of games that were shown on all the conferences that we're not going to see at all but let's move to Bethesda, where a lot of their games are going to be out at the end of, by the end of the year, it seems. I think they even said that. It was kind of like their last year's pod thing. So is there any games from that conference you guys really stood out? For me, it was like uh, Evil Within 2. I thought that game looked awesome. I asked uh, uh, Brian, who played Evil Within, one, like, does this make any sense to you? Because that's not doing anything for me. <laughs> I, think that was, uh, I think that was me. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I asked you, like, do you know what's going on in that area? Because I don't. I, oh, I asked the... You, uh, Evil Within. Evil Within. Uh, don't, I don't even really remember the story at I all. I think the presentation looks cool. That's all I really care. Yeah, about. yeah I, I, <laughs> I haven't played the first like the trailer one. Trailer so. choreography, it, not choreography, but it, was, yeah. it seems it's, okay. It's being made by. It's not being made by Shinji Mikami because he did say that Evil Within was going to be the last game oh. he directed. Uh, Ever? He did say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my he gosh! Did that. I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he said that before that. I got game to meet the guy. He was like five feet know. in front I mean, of me. It was so cool. It's, it's, it says uh, on the press release for Within Two. It says uh, from Mastermind Shinji Mikami and the talented team at Tango GameWorks. Oh, it's you oh, know the Mastermind it? doesn't really mean a whole lot, right? It just I, I mean, that. I mean, so, but it, like Tango GameWorks is his studio, though. Oh, that's. I'm right. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's not directing it. Uh, I'm pretty. I don't know. I'm fairly certain of that. But maybe anyways. he's like executive, executive oversight. Yeah, that, that's, that's like that's, that's like when they release a trailer and it's like from the mind of Steven Spielberg and all he yeah. did was like put Pay money into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so let me let me step back then. Instead of doing what I was talking about about addressing all the different games, how about instead 
do you think that it's kind of a bummer that they didn't show a new Elder Scrolls game? Like, Todd Howard was just hiding back there, we're going to port Skyrim to more platforms, and next time it's going to be on your 3DS or something. Uh, do you think that it, it could have been a great time to show a new Elder Scrolls, or do you think that it was the time for Wolfenstein and all that instead? I think a new Elder Scrolls would have, like, uh, taken the fire out of, like, their Skyrim plans. Mm-hmm. like uh, it would have been like who fucking cares like i mean it's we're still getting the same who fucking cares for skyrim vr uh, skyrim switch to a certain extent doom vr skyrim to whatever but that's the, yeah. that's the, I, thought, skyrim, I thought their conference sorry. i thought their conference was kind of like tidy if that makes sense it was yeah, only like, I, I, I like 40 the, minutes yeah, long i like that that's conference because it's concise yeah. it was to the point all their games are, are out this year i, I like right. it from that standpoint i don't like a, the amusement park theme they were going for it i was kind of like yeah that was kind of corny I was at their their little shindig thing. It was me, Andrea, and Alex, and uh, that, was cool. that, uh, that that it was kind of awful, um, to be oh. honest. Like the, the it was kind of like they like it was just like a carny event thing where it's like here's a Ferris wheel and like uh. you know we had fun bullshitting, but like like okay, this is my thing with the like, God. I'm gonna be Mr. Complainy this whole uh, podcast, God, but like <laughs> but like but like you didn't see it probably when you're watching the stream, but like. Like they didn't have seats for that area. They just had um, people were just standing like it was a concert, and like so like we didn't even get in. We got like halfway through the like the like final area or the final area. It's not make it sound like a game. Uh, but like but like this they had like this narrow they had this narrow corridor that filed everyone out into like the, the like mosh pit area, and then we were like halfway through it, and then like they were like it's over capacity, so like we just had to stand back and watch on a tv the conference and oh, yes bad. Oh, wow. um, okay and last year uh, they had that blink 182 at a concert that was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah actually at, after the stream cut they had uh what are they called the chain smokers i think they're oh, called oh no not the chain smokers <laughs> i don't know i don't know i we didn't stick around uh oh god but... those songs are played all the damn time on the radio but anyways to actually talk about the content uh i Bethesda's not really a... I mean, Fallout 4, when, when did it come out? A year ago? A year and a half ago? Yeah, a year yeah, ago, yeah, I think. That's oh, way too... That's it way was too early 2016, yeah. I thought it was late 2015. I, it was like I, yeah, yeah, it was late 2015 because they announced oh, right. it. I, I started it playing it in early 2016. Yeah, But they... You know, Bethesda's not one to announce a game years in advance, and I no, actually appreciate that quite a bit. Like, like they won't show another Elder Scrolls for probably like you know maybe the twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Well, hey, last bet. year all they did was leave us that tease of Wolfenstein in that like DOS prompt opening for yeah, uh, yeah. for Quake or else. something. So, like that. Yeah. so, so they kind of left that little tease. It wasn't ever officially announced. We knew it was coming, but for next year they've left us kind of nothing. Which is kind of interesting. We'll go into Bethesda's conference next year and it'll be like, what are they going to show? All out no shelter too. So mm-hmm. okay that's that's that. that's kind of the interesting thing. Like they had probably the fewest megatons or whatever you want to call it, but but everything is like okay. Here's Evil Within two. Here's Wolfenstein. They're both out in four months. Well, Evil Within two was like I'm sorry, let me cut you off there. But yeah, I was, was, was going to say yeah. like Evil Within two was like that was rumored for to be shown last year, so it wasn't even that big a surprise, you know? Right. And to my take, obviously, I was I really liked the first Wolfenstein, and I was excited to see 
second Wolfenstein. When it first showed the trailer, I was like excited and hyped and I thought it was really cool. I watched it again and I think the trailer is kind of poorly put together. It's kind of like meandering and it's like it's like eight and a half minutes long. I thought it dragged. I was like, But he's on a wheelchair going. and he's shooting people from his wheelchair. Still awesome. excited for the game. Yeah. I like the presentation. <laughs> and I just, think the trailer I, I has a good I think as the trail I think the trailer has a good theme, but I just think it was a little bit meandering. Yeah, just purely, purely speaking about the trailer itself. Yeah. Like it's just a hodgepodge of cutscenes put together, We're, but I, I, got, I am really yeah. excited, and it looks a lot better. Oh uh, yes, I did. Yeah, so. what did you think about it? Like just on the brief uh, hands-on that you got with it, since we're on it. Uh, my take is that id tech 6 is way beyond id tech 5 like id tech 5 always had that weird texture issue where if you looked up anything up close it looked like really bad and like, I, I don't, like it just um, uh, like it's i don't i'm not i'm not a i'm not a stickler on these sorts of things but i'm like i can't even tell what i'm looking at on the store is it supposed mm-hmm. to be a metallic substance or is this like a fabric like oh yeah, I know it, yeah. Right, but the textures are so bad like i can't even be sure of what i'm looking at and then you look at Wolfenstein 2 and it's it's the same engine as Doom and it's like oh this runs great this looks great I'm excited to play it it's, it's awesome like it just 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 the tech looks a lot better as for the just story like going through firefights in it well the, the first level is kind of weird the the, the the demo level that they let us play was the one where he's in the wheelchair so oh, okay. it's a little a little bit different like you can go down these stairs but you can't go up obviously because <laughs> you're, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're handicapped yeah right I kind of can't so it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was an interesting little gameplay wrinkle. Like, okay, if I go down the stairs, I can't come back this way. Uh, so it was a little. It's an, it's 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 clever, I think. Uh, as for like pure, as for like pure like gunplay gameplay, it was hard to get a, a feel based on that mm-hmm. demo. It was more just kind of like a gee whiz. Here's here's a little wrinkle. Now you know, do your best. And it was fun. I liked it, but it looks great. Mm-hmm. And I think the tech upgrade was kind of my most immediate takeaway playing okay. through that one. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I just, yeah, that's the game that I really need to play Wolfenstein because it, I actually got to play the demo for that game at E3, like, two or three years ago, and I was really interested in what I got to see, especially from, the, like, we talked about, the like, the presentation. It's like I did cinematics in a way that didn't really seem like it was going to fit for a game like that, for a series like that, and so I'm very interested to see how, how that'll go, but... Let's move on to more conversations because we still got a lot to talk about. So the next thing was Microsoft. And I don't know about you guys, but I thought Microsoft had probably one of the strongest conferences uh, in terms of what they got to show. This is funny because we, as soon as we walked out of that uh, venue, like uh, Alex and I were talking and then Alex and I pretty much said that like we feel this was the strongest presentation Microsoft had, but we just felt empty after it. Like it just, we felt not like it was cool being there. And then once we left, we're like, it just... We were confused and kind of felt like, eh, at the end of it. Andrea and I walked out and we both had the same sentiment that uh, if Dragon Ball Z wasn't there, it would have been really boring. That was the only, <laughs> that was the only, <laughs> that was the redeeming factor of that conference was seeing that beautiful game in motion. Yeah, uh, like, I don't know. I think I think it, it I seemed th- to have like a lot of heart to it. That's what I felt. Like, uh, they had a they had a strong lineup of games. Yeah, uh, everything about their hardware and their backwards compatibility kind of fell flat for me because I'm not really in that ecosystem. Oh come uh, on! And then, Xbox games, I can't wait. That's like what I'm well, excited about. As an Xbox I'm, One S, I'm not going to pay five hundred dollars to play original and, Xbox games though. So. And th- and then like I, mean, I think a lot of the games they sh- a lot of the games they showed look really cool like. I think that's where we got our first real big look at Assassin's Creed. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I haven't played since Revelations, and I'm excited about Origin. Um, I like the first Ori and the Blind Forest game. I'm looking forward to that sequel. I uh, there, that. 
There was one other game that they showed that I was interested in. Metro Exodus. Uh, that game looks fucking cool. Metro. That was it, actually. Yeah. But but guess what? I played, uh, I played the like I didn't play any of those previous titles in any of those series on Xbox. Oh, and I you don't missed really... out. They were cool. No, I mean like I played Assassin's Creed on PlayStation, and I played Ori on PC, and I played Metro on PC. And yeah, that's it's more. Oh, okay, that's more just okay. like like. Sorry. Like I'm excited for those games, and I'm thank you Microsoft for showing them to me. But I'm not interested really in your Xbox One X. Like, That's the I'm thing. Not. Like if you have if you have, if you have a beefy enough PC, like a lot of this kind of falls out because everything is just like this is coming to PC. Also, it's like okay, I'll get a cool new game. I'll get it for my PC. Like, like it just feels like Metro is think... announcing these other games by proxy, like or not Metro. Microsoft is announcing these other games where it's like none of this. This I don't associate Metro with Microsoft. I don't associate. Yeah. Ori with Microsoft. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I associate Ori with Microsoft because they were like the first ones to show that, like that game. It was before I thought about it as a PC game. I would think it because that was like a that was a console exclusive for them as well, the original one. And so uh, I must have played it later. Uh, oh, sure. Or wait, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's another thing. The way they the way they said like console exclusive, so console launch exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. yeah, no, no, yeah. I, meant, I meant the original Ori though. It's just like when Sony does it. I meant the first Ori. That was like a that was shown at Microsoft's conference. That's the first time anyone knew about that game. It wasn't like a PC first thing you know yeah i mean i, I get it that's like it, it was shown there first at their dna but like just personally like where does ori live it's inside my computer right now so <gasps> if i get it get uh, out, here, get him here's, out. <laughs> here's my i almost thought. felt like i needed like oh let kyle talk okay no go ahead, kyle. Uh, which kyle <laughs> like... my my thoughts on microsoft were they showed some cool games but there was nothing that i got excited about that's distinctly xbox there uh, yeah they're, how about the pubg uh, diving out of windows yeah, like oh, PUBG is great, but I can play PUBG right now, exactly. and like <laughs> yeah. Assassin's Creed looks awesome, but I can play it on anything. Uh, there was, you know, Dragon Ball Z looks great, but I can play it in anything. Like I was really hoping that Microsoft would give me a reason to be excited about their consoles again, and their their Xbox division doesn't make nearly as much money as like the Surface division or anything like that. Um, you know, Surface is crazy big for microsoft that's that's a given right because that's i mean but surface obviously it was kind of a surprise as well but like that's windows you know that's like a lot of and they uh, they did a lot of ad buys for that too (laughs) but my my point is is that like like this is my problem with xbox there is if i own a ps4 and a, a pc there is no reason i own an xbox that's no but as long as you own a pc that's all they care about because it's it's I all mean, that it's all that. But right? but you but you're what I'm saying, Zach, is like I wanted them to be excited. To, I wanted them to sell me on their console, and they're like, "Here's a five hundred dollar four K console with no exclusive games at all." I, I do I do like that they held the price back from like the very end of the conference. It's like, hey, look at and, all this. And they, and they never put it. They never put it on screen. I think that was a oh yeah, that's choice. true. See, yeah. my opinion on this all is actually probably more positive than your guys's. Uh, just because for me, it's that I don't care so much that there's no exclusive xbox exclusive games because that's still a rare thing in the grand scheme because we were talking about like with sony it's like first party unless it's first party then it's mostly going to be like uh there's a lot of third party exclusives on yeah. sony so <laughs> well it's 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 also that like there's a lot of th- exclusive games on sony's that i just don't really care about like first party even and so it's for me for the microsoft system it's what they do with their ecosystem and i think microsoft's uh sony's taking this 
stance that I'm bothered by that it feels like they're getting very arrogant again. You know, like they're in the I league, and so yeah. yeah. See, so yeah. it's like they 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 aren't doing that much to really convince people to come back, and it's kind of went back to like a few years ago where they were all in on indie games, and now they won't even show any indie games in their press comments. I mean, we'll talk a little about Sony in a little bit, but. Um, so it's this arrogance that's coming back from like the PS2 era that I'm kind of bothered by. It seems like they're not doing that much. Whereas with Microsoft, despite the fact that it doesn't seem like any of the press conferences, let's be honest, were that exciting this year. Uh, they all no. kind of fell flat in their own respects. <laughs> they were all they were mostly trailer reels. And I was just like, it, it, was, it was an even even it was was the only one that had any pre- heart and presentation, which is odd. But yeah, it yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing, right? So like with Microsoft, it's that. So yeah, I'm bothered that the price is kind of expensive. Um, and I don't think even Microsoft can really explain why their system is like a hundred dollars more than the ps4 pro but i will say that i think the xbox one x is definitely uh i'm way more confident about that than i'm about the ps4 pro ps4 pro is more like i don't know if i really want this xbox one xbox one x is like okay well if i own a 4k tv i'd be more interested in buying this as opposed to ps4 pro but that's partially because i already own both systems i own a ps4 and an xbox one so it's not like I'm I'm really inclined to buy either, but you know if the games that I want to play are coming to both systems, I'd be leaning more towards uh, getting an Xbox One X over a PS4 Pro and just keeping my PS4. You know, so that's speaking speaking as a hypothetical. Like, yeah. I feel like if they had some sort of IP that was distinctly theirs, whether it was new or whether it was yeah. somehow spun off a of Halo or. Or they still had scale down or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, clearly. It's, let's just so this is kind of speaking hypothetically and loose, but let's say they had an IP like that, but it was still coming to PC. I think that that would be okay. But right now, the games that they show, not only are they not Xbox exclusive, but I don't associate them with Xbox. Does that make sense? Like if they said Halo 5.5 is coming to PC, 5. I would be like, hey, what? <laughs> when did what? Halo get to the Kingdom Hearts style? Maybe. <laughs> but, but I'm trying to see if I can make my point clear. No, if they okay. had like. Our our, our, divi- our games division is working on this game, and you can play it on a PC or our Xbox, and we're excited about it. Here, you know, and they maybe give a gameplay demo or something, and it shows like we've brought this to you. Play it where you most like, where you most want to. Spy, yeah, like right? I think I think that would be better rather than the opposite, where it's like here's this game that was always going to be made anyway, and we're just going to showcase it for you at our conference, and you can choose. You know, do you see what I'm, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but I get it. Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed Origins was always going to... There was always going to be another Assassin's Creed, and it was always going to be playable on an Xbox. Or I think it's just weird that, like, for all the Xbox One X, like, uh, you know, talking about it on the press conference, they never really went the whole way with it. It was a very half-hearted presentation, like, hey, this is what we did with the internal specs, and here's, like, maybe, like, one or two slides that show, like, some, you know, minute improvements. There wasn't really, like, a big thing that, like, really sold, like, me on the on the console. Like, just, just uh, out separating it from, like, you know, their games library and, like, how it's uh, both on Xbox and PC. Just, like, there's there wasn't, like, a super substantial improvement, like, even just being there, like, that was readily apparent see that's the big problem though is that i think even like and i'm, I'm going to expand on this a little second so if you guys give me a moment but ps4 pro also had like that kind of kind of flat uh, that's why i have a ps4 yeah pro. remember yeah. like it's like most yeah. of it was mostly mm-hmm. like talking about the beauty of hdr and yeah. then, like a couple games uh like that tech demo for uh andromeda or something like that but so the biggest problem i think is what what's facing both those systems is that they're both held back because they're still tailoring towards these games will show up on both xbox one x excuse me xbox one and xbox one x and the same with ps4 and ps4 pro so they're still held back by quote unquote the last generation which is definitely not what it is but you know that's how it is so 
it's like I fully expect there's rumors going around that Sony has a big announcement for a new console next year, and so I fully expect that to be the PS4 Pro 2 or whatever, where that's going to be like true 4K, just like the Xbox One X is. So I like I like the idea of like all these games, the potential uh, anyway, that like for four to seven, where it's like 4K and 60 frames. So that's awesome. Uh, clearly, developers have a choice between what they want to do, but I think that this is a problem we're talking about with Microsoft is what's facing both Sony and Microsoft, while Nintendo's kind of doing their own thing. Uh, I don't personally. I don't see why people are so upset about when games are announced that they're both for Xbox and PC. I mean, they'll say something like, you know, why do I have to own an Xbox? Well, for me, it's that I'd rather spend the two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars on an Xbox versus upgrading my PC. You know, because that's that's going to take that's a huge undertaking for me right now because my system is about like six or seven years old. And so, if I want to upgrade to something that's capable of running today's games, that's going to cost me at least like. Seven hundred, eight hundred dollars, you know. So, and I totally get that that'll last for a while and it'll be more powerful than today's consoles. But I feel better about budgeting for a console like that. Now, I'm not going to run out and buy an Xbox One X as soon as it launches or whatever, um, because the price is too high. That's that's clear. I, I can't. No one can defend the price. Uh, not even Microsoft, I think. I, so. can, I can already see like the confused, you know, mom or dad who doesn't game very much trying to buy for their kids. Like, I'm looking for the Xbox, but I want the smaller, cheaper one. Like, well, do you want the S or the X? Like, well, whichever one's the smaller one. Oh, no, one, that's well, the that's actually one. the, uh, <laughs> the, that's actually right the X. The, the X is actually it, smaller. It, it's, it's like, no, but that's the more expensive one. I think I just want the regular think, one like, that's yeah. bigger. Like, I can already see the confusion. Let there. me tell you, like, during the Ubisoft conference, like, when they showed, like, their games on what the platforms would be available on, it was like fucking Xbox One X, Xbox one yeah, that was, that was their own stupid like, i was like oh they really they really messed that up but i will I think, say that the thing i'm i'm sorry i'll just I'll briefly say but the thing i'm most excited about and this is what i think that they they more than uh whip sony's ass at is the idea of the backwards compatibility because i think yeah, that's huge because like think, original it's awesome, xbox games it's way too expensive to get in i know well no you can just own an xbox one like a regular one and you can still get Dude, it that's still expensive though, what, so two hundred dollars I mean, if you uh, own an I, Xbox I, I, One, I mean, how's that expensive? What do you mean? I mean, I'm not going to go run out and buy an Xbox One to go play original Xbox games, but that's just me. I mean, a lot of people went out and buy a PS4 because of the PS2 for PS4 program. I mean, there's the, we all have our own reasons uh, for buying these consoles. I, I just I, think the it's idea like a, of being able to play, but <laughs> yeah, but playing the, the the fact that I'm able to play games like. Uh, Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon and all these other games that have come out that are now backwards compatible that Microsoft keeps adding more and more games like, for. It's one of the best things about them. Yeah, that's, sure. I think that's great. And I think that it's really, it's it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, as far as bringing value to their platform, Microsoft has found some great ways to do that. Clearly there's uh, areas that they can work, but I think Microsoft's got their head on straight and now they're more motivated than ever to really, you know, catch up to Sony and, and try to beat them at their own game. Um, and Nintendo's still doing it as well, you know, like with their idea of virtual uh, console stuff. But that's why that's why like, one of my biggest disappointments is that Sony refuses to do that. So it's like you won't in the fact that we're seeing so few, so little PS2 for PS4 games because either developers want to do or publishers want to do like HD versions of their games, so they don't want to do that. The work, the idea of adding trophies and stuff like that to their game is too much work, and so why bother? With Xbox, it's just 
you know, as long as you sign off on the license, we'll straight up do this. And, you know, and they even talk, they even Phil Spencer recently said, you know, they'd still like to, the idea of bringing this to PC. So I think it's amazing that they're able to do that. And even if it's like, sure, it's like not buying a new console to play old games, but I've got a console that can play a, most of the games that are out there right now. But I have the option to get uh, on one of these old games that I grew up playing for like 10, 20 bucks and spend a lot of time with, like Lost Odyssey, you know? And that's and there's actual market improvements with those games, like oh, Red Dead Redemption, you know? Like better frame rate, better visuals, things like that. So, like, that's, I think the whole idea is that I'm already an owner, but Microsoft's finding ways to add value to a thing I already own. I think that Sony could really learn from that. And I don't like the idea of having to stream a game that I want to play, like PlayStation Now. I think PlayStation Now is awful. So, yeah, PlayStation Now is garbage. I, yeah. It's like, yeah. I want to play Trails in the Sky or Trails of Steel on my PS4. It's like, well, spend money every month, use up your bandwidth yeah. or some shit. You know, that's. I, uh, that's I, I, I wish Sony would have had a, a better answer to backwards compatibility. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And I know you're using it with your, your Mage Wall and stuff like that. Like, you're finding yeah, ways to but... use that, but still. At some ha- at some point though, there there is something fairly ironic about talking about backwards compatibility and also like, oh, let's introduce a new console every other year. Uh, that's just like, how it's gonna be, you know, right? Like that's that's I what it seems I, like. Even Nintendo did I it. Really, <laughs> I really, I really doubt it because uh, I like the PS4 Pro sells really bad compared to the re- the regular PS4. It's about one it was... in every oh, no, okay. it's one out of every five. Uh, yeah, 20% is, really, is a number. I mean, that's, which is really bad. It's only and been out, like, like, what, eight months or something like that? I think, I think but, it's, but, it's one of those things to, sorry, co- to hard to comment on. Like, it's very, very much more of a long-term thing to, to really consider but, as well. But, like, if, you, if, you think about, if you think about the console market, going the way the smartphone market, that this will take more years to actually iron out and think about in the broader scene, right? Like, if, 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 if uh, Sony comes out with PlayStation 4 Pro 2 so, like sometime next year, what does that say of like you know base PlayStation PlayStation Four owners? Is it going to go the way of the smartphone market where you have an older uh, model PlayStation Four in which like you know future games they'll just flat out not work? They only say oh this only works at at minimum like the minimum specs for this is PlayStation Four Pro. Well, the, the new 3D, the new 3DS is kind of like that. Yeah, the 2DS have a few games. There's yeah, a few oh, games. Yeah, that don't work on ones. it. Yeah. I th- I think this goes back to though my my point earlier was that. Sony didn't do a good job selling the PS4 Pro to consumers, you know, because it's yeah. like it's not true 4K. It's like it but just it, goes it, up, but, and then but it's once like again, there's a, yeah. there's a very new like frontier in the yeah, console yeah. industry. Think, they but, uh, can I can I go back just really quick to like the go backwards compatibility thought? Like I, I play old games fairly frequently. I'm literally playing the original Trian Odyssey right now as we talk. But <laughs> hey, like get, get I have lots I have lots of games on PSN that are like right now they're like locked to my PS3. I still yeah. have my PS3 hooked up, but I'm kind of thinking, like, are they going to be, like, stuck to that console in the next, like, five years from now? Yeah. You know? And yeah, also, like, my them. Wii U. Like, the Wii U is kind of a failure in most regards, but I have a, quite a few, like, uh, virtual console games on it, both for the the Wii U virtual console and Wii virtual console. And, like, are they... Like Nintendo hasn't said anything about what they're doing with Switch, but it's like, are those going to be stuck to that console? I feel like well, and, and that's it, that's actually a good point because like the the other great thing about the Microsoft backwards compatibility is that you can use your own discs, you know, to pop yeah. them in and use that's, them, and that's that's amazing, right? Big plus. Yeah, even like they even said like this will work for original Xbox games. You can use your uh-huh. original Xbox, and so it's not just all tied to digital, where that game may or may not be uh, well. 
obviously anything that becomes backwards compatible will be added to their digital library as well like lost odyssey but lost odyssey was available for free for a couple months that was pretty freaking great so they're doing these things Uh, obviously there's a lot of problems with that too and we don't know where to go if there are any notable games they did say that the original xbox library that they're going to make backwards compatibility won't be anywhere near as big as the xbox 360 version maybe it's because a lot of those companies don't exist anymore so they don't know how to get to the rights to accept it but um I just think that the ability to do that where with Sony, it's 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 a lot harder to defend that, in my opinion, yeah. about the way they go about it. Clearly, it's it's not why you would go out and spend a bunch of money like Josh was talking about. Like, I wouldn't have done that. Um, but if, for example, I owned a Switch and I was like, well, this isn't good enough. I need another console. The choice between Sony and Microsoft, in my opinion, is that Microsoft obviously is more about the more mainstream games and Sony's about the RPGs. So that speaks to more of us. So clearly, there's um, more interest, uh, more interest for us as a site to be buying a PS4, a lot of us. So it's an easy buy for, for many of us. But I think that if Sony started to do a lot of those things like Microsoft is doing, one, it would bring encouragement. But it that's and it really bums me out when I hear people like Jim Ryan say, like, you know, why would you ever want to play these old games anymore? It's like, why? Why? Why would you say that? It's that's just awful. bad. <laughs> he's an like, awful thing to say yeah right yeah so. i mean i mean it like i get it like he's being straightforward like the numbers don't match up and you think about hey it's one of those things like a lot of people clamor for but what are the actual numbers on how many people actually, are actually you, using you, it you say that i'm it, sorry you can, you uh, uh, yeah I, I know you're gonna go to call of duty black ops 2 thing. no no no, no. Uh, well, well, it's, it's not it? just that it's that even like the 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 guy one of the one of the architects of what uh, was the architect or like one of the technology people at, at the xbox we're seeing like you know actually more than half of the users use the backwards compatibility service. So it's, it's what way else would more you play on an Xbox One except for old games? It's just uh, talking about like how do you make the numbers match up? How do you make this profitable and whatnot? I mean, it's it's a tough problem to solve. I think I think Microsoft has done a fantastic job trying to like really, you know, their game preservation efforts have gone far and above yeah, beyond the competition. I awesome. Yeah, I think it hats off to them. No, but at definitely. the same time, like, no, I'm not going to defend we, we, their we, conference though. Yeah, the conference was flat. Yeah, and, and yeah we respects. live in the present day as well, and like just going forward. Oh, what do you well, know? What, I live well, in the past. Well, what people, I'm a time you know, machine. <laughs> people really care I, about. Hey, the, these future games get if they're only limited to Sony. Guess where I want to? Like, if I want to play Persona Three or, or not Three, a Five. Like, hey, I can't play <laughs> well, where are you going to play Persona Three? <laughs> yeah, well, my, my, they absolutely have. Yeah, backwards compatibility is great, and you know, I miss the PS2 days where it's like if I wanted to play a PS1 game, I just put it in, and well, I so didn't even e- even even friggin' the Microsoft's backwards compatibility is not even as good as that, just because like you know, you put an, any PS1 game into a PS2 and it works right away. Well, but, well, well, you did need a, a PS1 memory card still. Yeah, mm, that's, that's yeah, true. but that's true. But um, you had point is, of, yeah, tons of those. If you threw the, the, them away, yeah, you, you had one of those lying around. But yeah, yeah that one. they, <clears throat> excuse me, they. I guess I just like I didn't find anything particularly exciting about their show. Just yeah, mm-hmm. I just that like my my thing is like like I, I'm considering buying a Switch by like the end of the year, and the reason for that is like I almost never buy consoles the year they come out. Um, but like the thing is like Microsoft, like Nintendo has actual exclusives, things I can't play well, anywhere yeah. else. Well, yeah, it's because they do the uh, gimmicks, so it's kind of hard for them to have like a game yeah, like that. Yeah, but, but no, but you know, by the end of if I were to buy a Switch in December, I could get 
Mario Odyssey. I could get Zelda. I mm-hmm. could get Splatoon. I could get all of these games that I can't get anywhere else. Mario and yes, and I mean, you get a Zelda on the Kingdom. Wii U. I mean, that's. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but I'm that just kidding. Count. It's just one. Of those. Um, and you like get Kirby and like, Yoshi. Wh- that's awesome. Why would you? Why would you buy? Like honestly, why would you buy an Xbox One X over a Switch this holiday? Um, I mean, there's. <laughs> That's that's kind of like unless you like Nintendo's games, I think that you know you would buy an Xbox I guess like, like the, the, the from my perspective though, it's just like like they don't Xbox doesn't have a flavor. It doesn't have a a strength, you know mm, that that too. or like it doesn't it doesn't like like yes, it's great that they have wonderful backwards compatibility, and I am glad that they they are they have like you know all the stuff you listed like it actually improves the performance and it fixes the games you know lost odyssey is better than it was on 360 but again it's like what about the future what i mean about I'll, I'll, i will say i'm sorry we have crackdown 3 i think and that, but i think the reason you would buy i mean the the argument between xbox one x why would you buy an xbox one over a switch it's like switch is not going to get a lot of the games that are coming out this year that are triple a titles like you i know you covered assassin's creed that's not going to be on the switch and so, like, there's it's going to be Anthem, on everything else, though. A Monster Hunter World, or it's going like, to be on everything else. I get that. But you were saying though, why would you get an uh, why would you get an Xbox versus a Switch if it was like their first yeah, console I meant, or something like that? that yeah, if you're if you're in that subset of the population that doesn't own a PS4 or an Xbox yet, sure. But but it's because, I, I guess it, yeah. But that's not what he was posing. That's why I was confused. Okay. I get. Okay. Never mind. Uh, I never mean, mind. It's, yeah, ahead. I mean, I would not. Like I said, I'm not going to buy an Xbox One X. Okay, what what was one game that was actually exclusive at that conference that got you super excited? Everyone, go for it. Exclusive. Oh, I, I, exactly exactly I, mean, I don't know actual, what you mean. Do you mean, do you mean exclusive yeah. to the Xbox One X or the original PC. Xbox? Ex- exclusive to either or. <laughs> either or. I mean, Forza 7 looked pretty damn cool. I would it's, be excited. I got way into Forza 3. Only, were the only two exclusives Crackdown and Forza? Forza's on PC. Okay, so is it just Crackdown? I mean, is that I crackdown but I, I don't want to get into this argument like, you yeah, know, it's, it's kind of stuff. Uh, I don't I mean, like, I, get, I, like get, I guess, but we've been thing. going on about Xbox and how Let's great they're. Let's move on. Let's 20 minutes. Well, we <laughs> talked a lot about how great on. Sony is. So, I like to talk I, about I, I, try, I tried to segue to Ubisoft with that <laughs> Ubisoft. Mario Rabbids call. Mario Rabbids. Mario Rabbids. Mario and Rabbids. Kingdom Battle. It so, actually looks a lot game, better. Didn't you like oh, when it was leaked? Opinion. This game was leaked a while ago, and it's like, what the hell is this? Um, isn't like a general a opinion now, this. though? That like a general opinion, just to, just to run and pass all you guys, isn't it like that Mario and Rabbits game? Didn't that kind of blow you away? How way better than you thought it was going to be? Because I thought like me uh-huh. myself, I was kind of I was actually kind of optimistic in a way before this came up, but now that it's come out, it's actually. From what I've heard, and I don't know if you guys, Kyle or Brian or or, or Josh, got to play it on the show floor or anything like that, but it I seems got to, to be a much. Oh, okay, cool. What you thought about it? What you think about it? It was really, it was really good. It was. It feels like a Nintendo game. It doesn't feel like an Ubisoft game. Really, uh, <laughs> considering, but, yeah. But, you know, I'm, the thing about rabbits is like they kind of remind me of like minions in that. Oh, they, what do you? Oh, oh, yeah, I was. I think I was going to go in the same direction. I still cannot stand the rabbit whole aesthetic. Um, Oh, I, I cannot look at them without. <laughs> Maybe this, I'm weird. This game, this game was really good though. It was like a, it was a lot like XCOM, which sounds so weird to say. That's kind of but the going opinion of like, blood, right? That's yeah, basically is. They say like, how many people do you have to bring on a map? Can you ignore the rabbits? And like, no, you must bring at least one. Damn it! <laughs> you know, it's just like that's how that's that people that's how people are approaching the game. At least some people. And that's kind of like, what I'm is, at. Is it like? Are you? I'm sorry. You can. Like, I do. Move. I do think. Sorry. Go ahead. The reception to the game seemed pretty positive, but it was it was certainly in spite 
you're cutting out. Like, oh, Adam turned like into a robot. Saw. Oh, I'm cutting out. Yeah, yeah you, a little. You came, but, became uh, a robot. Robot Adam. I think you, you quote, you're fine now, though. Yeah, go ahead. Like, yeah. people were enjoying the game, in, or they, the reception seemed positive in spite of the rabbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't know. That's the general, that's the general feel I got when I first that's saw a, it. Like, sure, sure. When I first saw the gameplay and everything, that's I was like, wow, quote. this is. <laughs> in spite of the rabbits isn't it like when you actually you can move like when you when your character moves doesn't it like you can put him anywhere and that's what makes it yeah. so intense well you, you can do like cool things like um like you you say you position mario like uh behind a barricade and the enemy one of the enemies on a barricade that's like a you know quite a ways from him what you can do is with uh with what like peach rabbit uh you can like use her to like jump on mario and then he'll push her off and then she can get really close to the enemy and do more damage like there's actually some tactics to this it's 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 pretty well thought out um it definitely like i I do want to stress it does not feel like an ubisoft game it feels like a (laughs) nintendo game yeah i forget the producer director like when even when he put the camera on him like he was in tears when like you know thank you yeah Yeah. that that was pretty amazing that was pretty endearing like like i said ubisoft had like the best conference because they actually it wasn't a trailer reel that they actually showed heart to it it felt very endearing it felt very human it's it's a weird thing to say but like you know like he was like you know a likable guy through and through. I mean, if I yeah. was if I was that guy and I had Shigeru Miyamoto and my boss talking about how great this game looks and everything, I'd be in tears as well. It's like all yeah. my work yeah. all, for this moment. Uh. Yeah, I, I mean, it looked, it, 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 I think it was one of the surprises of the show for me. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. I think everyone. It looks really pretty too. Like I, I was really impressed how great it looked, um, and it was really like good performance. Uh, you know, I th- I think that game might be. I think Alex echoed my thoughts too. Like that game is way better than than I thought it would be, and I didn't. I again, rabbits are one of those things. Like they remind me of minions, where I just like I see them and I want to like turn it off. But like <laughs> I would play that. this game. I would play this game. I, I, the, uh, the thing that the best thing that came out of it, like endearing. it just turns outside of the game experience, was uh, the, like at the the I think it was South Hall. <laughs> As at the South Hall, there's a statue of like the Gaki cut. The Donkey Kong Rabbit. Oh. It looks fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's I, like I used that as like a landmark to like meet up with someone to go get lunch. I was, I was just like <laughs> meet me at the giant like, hulking thing. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Right, I was like go fucking. We got we got some check. fun. We got some fun pictures from the floor. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember I, I I took a picture of the Knack. Sony had like the guy. There was a guy dressed up as Knack walking around their booth, and it was terrifying. Awesome. awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was it was fun. Well, yeah, let's let's get to I, the. I like, well i was just gonna follow up on that and say i like kind of like the unwritten truths that a gaming media and enthusiasts have that we're just gonna like love and act to like i can't tell if it's ironic or unironic or ironic right it's ironic some sort of layer of the two Mm. i don't it's just it's one of those things it's one of those things because like even when i put when i tweeted that from the rpg site twitter account there are all these people like knack is back it's it's the thing about it is it's kind of more amazing than like than like you know any of these like even like a beyond good and evil 2 it's like i cannot believe that they're making a sequel to knack Uh, oh my gosh like 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 no one liked knack it wasn't good but and it was just like a tech demo launch game which is fine you know every console has one something like that 
And then it's like, well, I guess like Mark Cerny's like, well, we need money to burn. <laughs> <laughs> Cerny, that that tech the power demo. Of PS4 Pro for the PS4 Pro too. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing. So to, to, <laughs> to briefly run through Ubisoft's conference, though, it's like, so yeah, they had games like what was it like Crew Two? They had that Skull and Bones game, which is Black Flag. They had Far Cry mm-hmm. Five. They had Starlink and some other games. But well, the big game that I want to talk about because I know you don't got a lot of time here, Kyle, is that Assassin's Creed Origins. You actually got to go hands on with that game, and you seem pretty positive about it. Yeah, the uh, so uh, my history with the Assassin's Creed series is this, and it's not pleasant. Is that uh, I played the first one, and yeah. have you ever have you ever played a game and you finished it to like spite yourself? Like kind of, it made, yeah. It made you mad. Like, I like, need to. Like it, and For I'm, like, review, I'm yes. hating everything about this game, <laughs> review, but I need to finish yes. it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that exactly. Lot. And Pretty like much. Assassin's Creed, the original, I think anyone that's an Assassin's Creed fan can even admit the first one's pretty bad. Um, like there's a mission literally that's like, go to a city and find three people. And they don't tell you how to find the three people. And it, you just have to like walk around the city with your Assassin vision and hope you bump into these three people. And it's and they do it twice. <laughs> right after you find the three people, you got to go find three more people. It's oh, the worst thing. It's like and a what I and, and and I have to clarify, it's not three people together. It's three separate people. Oh gosh. Um, but it, it was it. I, it's entirely possible that Assassin's Creed One scarred me so bad that I hated the series forever after that because I played like two and like Black Flag. I'm like, oh my god, I'm just remembering fucking those three people. <laughs> Well, but anyway, at least you played the good ones. He has right? nightmares. <laughs> yeah. You played the good ones. But, but uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is really interesting because they I I had heard that they took a lot of inspiration from Witcher 3. Yes. And when I, I heard that, it kind of just seems like one of those things where they're like, oh, they're just saying their yeah, name drop. Yeah. Whatever. But when I played it, like, like it, it is an RPG now. Like, you, you have a level. The enemies all have levels. Um, the combat is like... You know, I kind of hate, like, explaining levels when we're on an RPG podcast, but you know what I mean. Like, I have to differentiate that from the other games, where, like, combat wasn't like a, you wait for the enemy to come and you counter. It was actually, like, you'd use some tactics. And it was really interesting, because, like, my, my the demo I did was, like, I just had to do a side quest where, like, this... this uh, uh, religious figure was, like, punishing a boy because they thought the boy had stolen some... Uh, uh, like religious idols and um, he's like no they fell overboard in an attack or something like that and uh, I had to go like scope the area out and then that was like the like where he said that they went overboard um, where the idols went overboard and uh, I had to fight a boss and I had to use my hawk to scan the area and it, it just like it's such a it, it felt so much like Witcher it did not feel like Assassin's Creed to me um, it felt like an open world RPG and there wasn't there wasn't a ton of there wasn't like six thousand icons all over the map, all at once. It definitely like it feels like they held back and they took some criticism to heart, and like the the environments just look stunning. Like I've never seen a game really set in that period of Egypt, especially because like you know the only games I can think of that are that take place in Egypt are like like you know Age of Empires or something. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember if the Mark of Kree was set in like an Egyptian theme. Mm. Wasn't it like, like a, a like a, a platformer game that came out like in the PS2 era that was like that? That's like Prob- anyway, Prince of Persia. No, but well, the- yeah, well, Prince of Persia. That's everyone was like kind of tying that to Prince of Persia. But I know Kyle, you actually didn't you beat Witcher three recently? So a lot of these memories are still kind of new. Yeah, and it felt like that. Even when the way you were engaging with enemies, it felt like that. And again, my, my memories are from Assassin's Creed or from a decade ago. Yeah. God, that game is like almost 
years old now. It's kind of crazy when you think uh, how many games there've been. But yeah. um, he, it, it felt great to play, and it looked just like that setting in Egypt. Like I've never seen a game that just like it was such a like I just had to take it in at one point. It just looked so gorgeous. Um, and I'm not talking just about the technical prowess. I think I played the Xbox One X version. I think. Yeah, that was the um, primary console they were showing it off on. Um, I couldn't tell for sure, but um, it was really, really good. Uh, I I want to play that game, and I never thought it would say that because again, Assassin's Creed was like the my angry beats game. Like I just I had to finish because it, it pissed me off so much. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing ever to say, but it's what happened. And uh, yeah, this new one looks awesome, and I and I think that like I had to sell like in my preview, I had to sell like why we're writing about this on RPG site. It feels like an like a Western you know, Witcher 3 type RPG now. It fits, right? It fits with our I mean, stuff we would cover. You don't need to really uh, explain it. It's just the fact that it's so fresh for the well, series. Uh, uh, like it, was, a, it was kind of weird when we were watching it. Like, like It's an RPG? When, when, well, like, when I'm, when I'm, like, at my computer, like, trying to, like, know what to cover for the conferences, for the site and all that, like, yeah. oh, here's Assassin's Creed. I can take a break. Yeah, wait, right. Wait a minute. Like, oh, wait a minute. Up. Oh, God, we got another game. <laughs> Man, <laughs> like good. even even the even the way you get on your horse and everything feels exactly like Witcher, and uh, it's great. I, it, Origins is weird for me because I really I I do really like what it's going for, but at the same time, it has like that. It feels like a, a an Ubisoft uh, game reskin. Like I, I even noted to Alex, <laughs> we were laughing about this. It. Like he's like, oh, they reskinned the the drone from Wildlands to to a fucking bird this time around. That's exactly Actually, what that, it is. The hawk was act. The uh, hawk mechanic was actually in that Far Cry Primal game. Like that's what mm-hmm. that's from. Yeah, uh, but the, but the Wild Dance was like the most recent Ubisoft game I played. So that's I, why I, 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 that. I do have to say that. Um, I mean, it's totally like the, the typical Ubisoft. Like you can see that they share internal documents and whatnot. But I, I do want to say that that, that that setting helps that game so much. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, the, the the whole thing is like you you can slide down pyramids right into what yeah. would be a theoretical haystack and, or whatever. And the 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 period Strong. of the period of uh, Egypt is in is like a lot of times in like, pardon me, fiction, they depict like when the pyramids were being built. And mm-hmm. I saw an interview about this, and they were saying that, like, we didn't, like, well, why didn't you set this, like, when the Sphinx was going up or something? And they were like, well, because there was nothing else there at the time. Um, so they put an actual, they put it as, as a point where, you know, the pyramids have been there for a long time. And uh, there's well, a lot of cities. There's around. a Sphinx there? I forgot. There oh, is, I don't right? know. Oh. I would imagine there have to be. Just um, off the nose of the Sphinx. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, they... I'm not caught up with my Egyptian history with which <laughs> kingdom is which. At what time point? Uh, yeah, I, exactly. I, I, but the, that's a Assassin's Creed. Like they don't really care too much about yeah. historical accuracy. Like any Definitely any not. any any Egyptian no. person is like good is like good and like. I mean, if you think they about will it, show like, up. If you think about a famous Egyptian figure like uh, Cleopatra, she'll probably be in there. Doesn't matter exactly what what time period. It's just a hey, you remember this person. You remember Egyptian? Right? Yeah. No, 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 no. I have to. No, I have to explain this because the the PR mm-hmm. person told me this. The, okay. the final boss of the game is like you're an assassin, right? So. You're in ancient Egypt, so you know you're gonna have. To, it's time to kill Jesus. Um, <laughs> All right, oh go. yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, clearly, that no, I, he didn't Jesuits. tell. Uh, I have to clarify. A PR person did not tell me that you're going to kill Jesus in this game. <laughs> well, that would be totally an RPG thing, right? You got to kill God too. So yeah. that'll be the wow. It's a Mega Ten game, sweet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a Mega Ten SMT Good. We got this all. Actually, it's all about what we cover. <laughs> but 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 anyways, yeah. I think I think. I think that's going to be a good game. Good. 
So yeah, I'm glad hopefully. I mean, that's, that's what a side screen needs, a good game. <laughs> I loved Syndicate, so I'm excited to see what this game would be like. So, that's, mm-hmm. so and like I said, we don't have a lot of time, so I want to at least get into the other games that you, that you got to cover for the site. Uh, we'll come back to the press conferences, because uh, I don't know how much time you have left here. It's probably like, what? We get, you, don't have to, you don't have to rush. It's fine. Oh, cool. Go ahead. Okay. All right, rush. so... Uh, then let's just put Ubisoft to the side because that's kind of what I really want to talk about with that conference. Yeah, but just uh, any any final thoughts on like yeah. Ubisoft aside, aside from like you no know, Beyond Got Good and Evil Two or Far Cry Five. I think you summed I it feel. up where it's like it, it felt like that had a lot of you heart. South what? Park, yeah. uh, Kyle. Oh, that's, yeah. that's right. Oh, so. about South Park. Um, First of all, are you a uh, South Park fan? No, not at all. Say no. Uh, so, yeah. no. The most yeah. qualified yeah. person. It was. It was. Yeah, that was like a really like kind of like I was like, well. I'll do it because uh, because why? Well, Ubisoft treated me really well. They were like, "Here's a bunch of like passes to skip right to (laughs) the front of the line." I hate Uh, the fact that you got a good experience with Ubisoft. I had three years of bad experiences with Ubisoft. (laughs) The first one I got to, I'm sorry, I'll be very briefly at this because I just want to mention real quick. It's that the first conference they took me in to see um, that Driver San Francisco game immediately after that they didn't know what to do with me and i got left behind the second year i came back the person who was supposed to lead me canceled he actually didn't show up at work at all that day and i couldn't do anything <laughs> the third year i got in to see a game saw another game i asked to see other games like well we got no space so i guess we'll call it here i'm like this is the worst <laughs> like that Holy three shit. years Wait. and you got a good experience i hate this yeah for, for me they were just like here here are four line skip passes so like <sighs> you know i wasn't even planning to play rabbits but that's how i did it i'm like yep i'm gonna jump right to oh, the front of the line yeah that's um, but anyways I, I tried to get to the mario and rabbits and they already had like a queue like a line for the people with fast passes so i stood there for like maybe 25 minutes before my bandai namco appointment and then that line fucking never moved i'm like motherfucker it's, it's but, me and kyle got a bad experience with Ubisoft. anyway yeah continue on but, with your feelings so south park so i didn't play the first game uh it i mean my, my whole thing is that i said this in my preview like you're either in with this or you're not like if you like yeah. south park you probably like this i don't like south park so i thought the combat was kind of cool but i'm like okay, like, this is, like, super crass, even for South Park. Like, you're playing a four-year-old grinding on the crotch of an old man. Oh, uh, awesome. Like, like, like that, that was a QTE. Um, I'm not kidding. And then, like, you have to go make a cum, a cum rat shit, rat poison concoction to make someone sick. And I'm just like, this is all, like, humor for, like, 12-year-olds. Um, yeah, that's all right. Uh, but... I don't know. It, it it looked it looked fine. Like again, like if you like South Park, you'll like this. I, I don't like South Park, so I, I have no real opinion of it. It's like it, it is exactly its brand. So that's, I'm just, I'm just kind of imagining like. Kyle at the demo booth or whatever, like wincing, playing the game. Like <laughs> like he could barely gotta, keep his eyes on the screen. Yeah. Just like no no I no I can I can I can do it fine. I don't care. <laughs> like like. Uh, I mean, like, I'm, I'm embellishing my imagination of what yes. your experience is. No, that, that, like, this would be better if you had to put on a VR helmet and then... For me, I, for me, I was just, like, sitting there, like, okay, <laughs> oh, I, I get it, selfish. I get it. Like, like, and, like, I was like, oh, I'm farting on the old man's crotch. Like, I get it, I get the joke. Um, and it just went on forever. And, uh, God, I sound so bitter this whole podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, what's your joke? I was not actually well, a bitter well, person. You, you got to talk up Assassin's Creed, so now we're coming uh, crashing back down. Yeah, But, again... Again, it, my my thoughts. Again, if you like South Park, you'll probably like that. That's all I have to say about that game. It's uh, it 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 is kind of an interesting battle system where like it's all like grid based, and I don't know if the first one was like that. Um, I think that's new. I think uh, the first one is more directly like Paper Mario, or this is like more of like a positioning type of element added. Like 
this knives. one be in certain spots. Yeah, you've got to be in certain spots. So, like, if you're one of your, say, an enemy is on in a certain part of the grid, and you're one of your enemy or one of your allies are right in front of him, and like you can do a, I don't know if there's an RPG that there's, I can't. It's like I'm I'm losing. I, 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 I'm like thinking of like is like Radiant Historia where you have to like push them like around the grid and then like set up combos. Yeah, you can set up combos like that. That's kind of like you can you gain certain abilities. Like say one of my, uh, say say again my analogy is like there's a person standing on the far right and it's an enemy, and then one of your allies is right in front of them. And if you have another ally or party member right behind them, that party member that's on the far outside will get an extra ability because like they'll be able to stack up and do a lot of damage. Um, so it's kind of got an interesting battle system. I think this one was actually just made by Ubisoft, not by Obsidian. Uh, yes, right. like, this is an Ubisoft San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know what else they yeah. I don't think I don't think Obsidian even knew. What the was one thing happen, I will so. what cool. actually I will I will say something positive about this game is that the presentation <laughs> was a uh, pretty like it looked like an episode of the show. Uh, like it didn't like it didn't look like a game version. Like I remember when there, I was there, just like the there first was one. An, just to bounce off of that. There was an interview that they're talking to like some of the directors or you know people on the game and they they talked about how they're like in communication with South Park Studios like asking for assets and things like that so it seems like there is that direct like communication like we're not just we don't just have the license and we're just making a game it's like we are actually working with South Park Studios as we make this game like oh again the the, the actual company that makes the tv show so yeah yeah it looks like an episode yeah, it looks like an episode of the show moving around, which is pretty impressive. But, um, uh, which again, like, it, yeah, if, if you like, so series, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, for. it doesn't feel like an appropriation. Like I remember when I watched South Park when I was in the fifth grade, <clears throat> uh, there was a really bad in sixty four uh, game called South Park sixty four. I think I think it was just called South oh, Park. Oh, it was, it was a so shooter. bad. I played it, that. It was a, yeah. it was, I played a lot of that game. I don't know why. Uh, it it was a shooter and like yeah and uh, a really bad shooter. Yeah, yeah, piss snowballs and like you could tell that that was like clearly made by someone else. <sighs> First uh, person. Where that, yeah, yeah, that where that wasn't the case with this. So it was, I did. Uh, yeah, it, it fulfills its its purpose as a as a South Park game. Absolutely, and that's you know that's the thing where it's like uh, there's always these issues like where the demos aren't that great, and then you or the trailers even don't look that great. Like the first South Park's trailers weren't good either, and then you play the game itself and it went on and it was pretty good. My concern is that I don't know if you 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 said you weren't a fan. The superhero stuff that they're covering for this game mm-hmm. wasn't that great to begin with. It was actually kind of a a meddling point of the series and so that the fact that they're making a whole game based around it has me concerned but you know i had a lot of fun with the stick of truth and the thing though is that you you found a lot of fun with stick of truth because it had a lot of references to the mm-hmm. oldest, older episodes of the series and so if you don't get that it's kind of kind of difficult to really get into it and so i'm curious to see where someone who's like a huge fan of south park what they'll think about it but even then, it was still a good game to begin with. So the fact that at least the combat is good has got something to be hopeful about, I guess, right? Good, so. good, good presentation. And again, yeah. like I'm, I am the wrong person to be previewing South Park. <laughs> I like, got that, that, that yeah. yeah. So like my my impressions are are, uh, I don't know. It was it was fine. Good. It was a video game. Oh man, that's a that's <laughs> it a was high definitely bar. a game. That's <laughs> it's really a game. yeah. Although oh, I will awesome. say, I will say. Rabbids way better than South Park. Oh, that's, damn. damn. There you go. We got to that standard. The that's verdict. a benchmark now. Sweet. 
Is there it's anything okay, else from Ubisoft that you guys want to talk about, though? Is that that's kind of I think that's about uh, it. Yeah, I mean, oh, some, yeah. something kind of here. I have to. I'll, I'll share a E3 show floor story. So, so like I'm in the back, and like Adam Sessler is there, Ooh. and I don't know what he was doing there because he's uh, he's not a he's he works. I don't know what he does anymore. He's, he's a, a P- he works. He helped with yeah. He's PR he works, and he, he helped with uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, uh, I, that's why I talked to him because I, I played quite a bit of that game, and uh, I just told him that I talked to him for a while, and I just told him that I really, really like the game because they, you know, they had a rough launch, and um, he was a very genuine and kind person to talk to. Um, yeah, I got I, to sit behind him during Bethesda's conference last year, so you could see me on camera. It was good times. <laughs> my E3 my floor conversation is Pete Hines kicking me to the back of the line. Awesome for, <laughs> for Fallout VR. Awesome. I do want. To, I do want to say to tie it all back together that Pete Hines basically looks like BJ Blazkowicz, so I'm pretty sure like he just is BJ Blazkowicz. That's, just I he's know. just an old version. That that's the protagonist from Wolfenstein. If you don't know him and just playing, it'd be he'd be BJ, but he'd be playing Elder Scrolls Legends the whole time. That's that's what I found out. So yeah, exactly. Anyways, I've talked for too long, cool. so someone else can talk. Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's continue on a track that we had before. Then, where we're going to conferences, but we're also talking about the games. And so, um, let's see. So, we we finished with Ubisoft, and so after that was, uh, was it Sony? Sony was after Sony? Or, well, D- Devolver. Devol- let's yeah, skip Devolver. Over that. <laughs> Devolver. Let's just skip over best, that. Co- <laughs> the best conference. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but people need to see it. It wasn't even that long to begin yeah, with. But... Yeah, it's only ten and a half hours. Come on now. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually it's still going to this day. So that's what yeah. we got to realize. You know, you can still right, find it. So, uh, Sony. Uh, Sony. Actually, wait. Let me just get this straight in my mind because I there was anything between that and Sony. Or oh, wait, Devolver is after so. Sony, right? Yeah. No, right. it was right. like. Right, what? Devolver okay. was after like by an hour. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's... yeah. You're right. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it got confused. Okay, yeah. yeah Sony's so... conference was a bit shorter. It was, and it was, it was less trailer, forty minutes. Real dude, it was it, a short. Uh, it didn't have as much as previous conferences. I mean, like, on one hand, Sony has kind of a they're they're kind of infamous for running way too long and taking forever. So it's like late. they almost in the opposite direction now. Like, they didn't yeah, I will say lot. I was kind of bummed that like you know no one made a bigger deal of this probably for good reason. But before they showed off the press conference prior, they had this this whole PlayLink system that they announced for the PS4, and it's kind of like uh, almost like a Jackbox kind of style. Like you're playing a game, and they had this um, create a, your own adventure game. Like so, there's uh, story like branches. That you could pick, but like with a, with a, with a group, so like majority vote like on this route uh, that we see, or they had like the what was the other one like who's that or that's me, um, where they had uh, several descriptors, and you had to from the group that's playing, like you you'd say oh that 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 description totally fits that person. I just think it's a really cool way to finally like you know integrate some of like the Jackbox mentality or format. It's like you know more uh, unconventional types of experiences. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, and they had the game from the makers of Until Dawn was one of those games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like that one where you get to make choices as you yeah, like, come across. It's like a crime scene investigation or something. Yeah, and like you can totally like change it uh, the way that the story unfolds based on the decisions you make. But you know, you can totally go in different directions if you want to. It's yeah, that sounds it's a weird thing. But yeah, I, I think yeah, if, if I if there's like you know just if uh, some uh, friends and I are just hanging out one night and. It, it, it's a different thing to do instead of just like you know, typical co-op games. Yeah, and, and other things they showed off uh, the uh, the pre-show. In fact, was Undertale. 
that's coming to PlayStation 4, which, you know, all this and time Vita. everyone was thinking, yeah, and then Vita, sorry. And it was funny because they even mentioned that in the actual thing, like, yeah. oh, to the Vita, what? Uh, it was the only time that Vita was ever mentioned that night. Um, but it was, uh, you think Playlink would have been for the Vita as well, but go figure. Uh, but it was kind of crazy. It was a cool, tra- it was a crazy trailer because it started with that monster truck thing and then it cut right into Undertale. Um Considering everyone was thinking that Nintendo would be the ones to swoop up uh, that game and have it on their system, I mean, it could still come there, you know, nothing stopping them. But the fact that it's going to be on PlayStation 4, and, uh, you know, it's got some other things as well, like they announced the whole, like, physical edition, it's going to have Japanese text, and apparently the Japanese option uh, people in Japan are kind of falling in love with, and there's already a ton of fan art, which is always kind of fun to uh, check out sometimes. And um, it's being localized for Japan by yes. 84. Yes, they did that for, I think, they, Shovel Knight. They did Knight. that for a couple of games. Yeah, Shovel Knight and, and a couple of mobile games. And uh, mm-hmm. Rogue Legacy, I think. Yeah, some other games too. But those are like two of them. Uh, that's their I, I know one market. thing that people are really interested in is like how do Sans and Papyrus work in Japanese? Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, yeah. like, with the fonts and all that. No, no, I know what I know what actually what is is that they actually um apparently in in Japan the way that they reference uh Sans he's the smaller guy, right? I'm totally blanking here yes. right now. Yeah. But they apparently the way they refer to him is like the Japanese phrase for old farmer or something like that. And so there's a ton of fan <laughs> art where he's like a farmer and he's got nice. like a, a straw hat and everything, like a piece of straw coming out of his mouth. And so there's apparently like he's like referencing like as an old dude. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of fascinating. I recommend looking that up, but yeah, they, the way that they refer to him, but I don't know about papyrus though. I, I haven't uh, seen. And, and obviously other wordplay things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we see it, you know with japanese to english stuff all the time like how are they gonna do it now it's kind of like the opposite so yeah yeah it's 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 pretty fascinating and i don't know what else i i'm kind of blanking on what else they showed during the pre-show but like you think undertale showed they showed uh that's right nino kuni uh and nak 2 yes Uh, nak 2 coming in september but nino kuni 2 (laughs) was only shown on the pre-show which is a Pretty big bummer, yeah, but it's uh like the release date was like November, I think. Yes, November eleventh okay. or something like that, or tenth. No, seventh. I want to ask all of you because I didn't really play the first Nino Cooney. Like, so could good. I play Nino? Could I never? Could I play Nino Cooney? Yes, too? yes. They, they actually, they actually specifically said outright, this game is not connected to the first because we didn't want like people to feel like they need to play the first type of thing. Yeah, that's that's yeah. exactly right. And in fact, like, it's the way that it's working. I mean, I would say. Just for default, I mean, I'm, I'm a. I know there's a lot of people who aren't a big fan of Nino Kuni just because of either it's the combat system or the way the story uh, is paced and all that stuff. I'm actually a big fan of that. I would love to see if they would have brought that over to new consoles or the PC like they're doing with Nino Kuni too. Um, like I love the familiars. I think that's a huge thing. That's one of my kind of regrets for the sequel is that that's not. It's okay, Andrea and I are starting to regret it too. So. Yeah, you, saw, you can actually see the. Her, yeah, Andrea and I, yeah, Andrea wrote a pre- preview up on the site, and I largely agree there. We, we talked about it extensively down at the floor. Like the yeah, Nino Kuni two demos they showed off were not great. There, there were like two boss fights. One with like a big ass dragon, and you're more highly leveled than that, one. It's like, like a, the, that was like Nino Kuni one's demo was like that too. Like you had two I don't, choices. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, but the, the thing with Nino Kuni two uh, is it seems like. Well, first of all, familiars are gone totally. In yeah. their place are these Higgledies, Higgledies. and people like Pikmin. It's and adorable. Yeah, they're like they're like Pikmin. Like outside of battle, they kind of do kind of similar thing that Pikmin do in terms of like 
if you have, I don't, I don't know how this works, you know, but totally. But if you have certain higgledies or a certain amount or whatever, you might be able to access new areas or you know typical things with exploration. But then they also do stuff in battle kind of on their own, like. I don't know how you even if if you control them or how they even okay, work. Okay, so like... so like I, I played both of them and I completed both demos uh, there and so basically Higgledies are like these little pigment clusters like they're all color coded like red, green, blue, etc. Up to four of them in combat and like they'll arbitrarily like cluster up in the middle of combat and then it'll uh, highlight like a circular zone that says hey you can activate them and they do special effects like uh, during the dragon boss fight. Uh, the red ones would protect you from its uh, fire breath attacks. So if you're staying, it's like field to protect your fire. If you uh, the, activate the green ones when they cluster up, they heal you. But it just feels very meaningless. Like some uh, like you attack buffs and whatnot. It doesn't give you a good indication of when they're gonna cluster up, where they're gonna cluster up because the because the camera sometimes won't look at them and the map doesn't show where there's a highlighted zone if your face if your camera's facing away from it, and it just doesn't feel it feels meaningless because like these the 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 main thing uh, the main concern that andrea and i had over this is like this demo like it took the maybe eight to nine minutes to like finish off a boss but it was just because like, it was a damage sponge like your your attacks felt like they were kind of meaningless you had skills but they don't really do that much more damage and like it was funny because like it, when you get that boss that's like maybe one sixth of its health, like uh, left, like if I, it gives, it pops out like a golden orb. So it powers up your your character like immensely, and it's it basically just saying like, okay, we know you're done with this fucking fight, just like finish it already, you know, type of deal. Because like, I, I think I, that I they're, they're a... aware too that like I, I imagine it's like fuck, these things take forever to take down. It, it was just a bad demo. It did like the pacing wasn't great. Um, it it looks great, like the visuals look nice, the like the effects and everything. But it's just right now I'm very concerned about like if the actual combat itself is going to be fun. I think I have kind of a funny little anecdote. Uh, I didn't play the game, but they had it before the Sony conference and I videotaped like two minutes of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I did that with my phone. Right. And I also took pictures with my phone and I shared a bunch of them to the RPG site, Twitter. Um, so Google photos did the usual thing that it sometimes does is, is that it put a little collage together for me, like uh, the Google, pho- oh, yeah, the Google yeah, yeah. photos, the Google photos assistant. And I was interested in maybe sharing it. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Usually the, the algorithm they use for these things are pretty interesting and they put together pretty well, but instead it like spent half the time of this, like, four or five minute collage like putting in little clips of the nino kuni demo that i videotaped and it was literally just like the player smacking their sword against the back of that first demo boss like over and over again and the health not moving and i was just like oh this is the most boring google collage i've ever seen put together and and that google collage is a very good representation of like what the actually playing that game right now right so i didn't so i didn't play it but it was just like man this is boring like it's it's you learn how to you learn how to fight that boss and maybe it's just a bad it's always possible that it's just a bad boss but then like that that there there were two of them like both of them were like even when they like optimized like my strategy you know because I, I played them like one more time uh, just to be sure and like yeah it just even takes way too long to bring them down even with the like if you optimize the tools that they give you it's also but there are other like you know elements of the game like like these are just first impressions obviously on the combat hopefully they take it to heart that you know they need to improve it yeah and also they're very much vertical slices of it um but hopefully it does you know get better and they're also saying that there's this whole kingdom mode as well that they didn't really talk too much about but it's very much uh since you're playing this young king this time around um 
very much hands-on with how you govern your kingdom, like putting the people in the right places of power, kind of like a Mafia 3 style. Jirama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you Jirama, actually get to, obviously. they actually have, they do have that. That's what they said. That's, that's going to be in the system. You get to build up your kingdom, but it could be yeah. partially that. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, I'm sure just need more, a, a lot more elements of the game that like will make it a better final product. I just think uh, the E3 demo this year was a bad representation of, of that game. Yeah, and I think that's like two of the answers that, yes, they do have time to tweak the balancing on that. But also, you know, it could work totally different in the game itself, the way you build up your character and that that boss fight might go a lot easier. Because I remember in Nino Kuni 1, when you got to that pig tank, that was like a big turning point for the difficulty of the game. Like everything was relatively simple up till then. You got to fight that tank and I kept dying to it over and over again. So I was actually thinking of that. Like... Yeah. Right? I was, was, when you, you know. you're talking about bosses and I was thinking like what bosses in Nino Kuni do I even remember and like I, the pig tank is obviously the first one that comes to mind because yeah. I mean it's kind of a uh, you know it's kind of an interesting design on its own so you kind of mm-hmm. remember it that way but you also remember like how long you spent on it because it's definitely... like the wall in Final Fantasy 7 yeah. <laughs> is what I'm thinking of like that was when I really had to struggle with that so um yeah, uh, I, I'm actually, I'm still obviously really excited, you know, it, and um, Josh, you even kind of probably leaned, in, leaned into this a little bit, but Andrea herself was like, you know, even with that, she still had a really good time with the story mm-hmm. and was very interested in the characters themselves, yeah. and that might help pull yeah, up the the the, 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 it, the, the uh, closed doors presentation I had of Nino Kuni, they contextualized a lot of like, you know, what's the state of the world, who are these characters? I mean, it, it, it still looks like, you know, what you expect out of a Nino Kuni it does have a, a very fantastical tale, the tale about, you know, warring kingdoms about, you know, kind of reestablishing order and whatnot. And, you know, uh, the, the king taking his rightful, rightful place. So I, I'm looking forward to see, you know, what kind of tale and twist they have along the way. So I, I'm, I'm hoping for a, a strong, a very strong story this time around, instead of like, you know, a, like a, a mishmash of like two to three Ghibli films uh, meshed together. I'm down with that. Actually. I have, it's a weird thing. Like, I feel like there was so much fervor around Nino Kuni 1. Like, a lot of people excited on the internet. And I'm still a huge fan of that game. Uh, I mean, I can clearly see some of the, the weaknesses of it, but I still was really. I, I really, I really, yeah, I really like Nino Kuni 1. But once again, like, uh, I tell this to everyone. It's like, if you've played, if you've watched a few Ghibli movies, you know exactly how that's going to pan out. And I think the, the weakest part of that is the tacked on new uh, uh, White Witch arc that was the. Uh, oh, near I thought the end that was the, the best part. I thought that <laughs> I love was that part. rubbish. Oh. It kind of feels like a, how dare like you, a, like a long epilogue because I think I think that's like chapter six if I remember correctly, and then like up through chapter five, like it kind of has like a normally paced beginning, middle, end, you know, arc type of pacing, and then like all of a sudden, all right, chapter six, let's introduce a new enemy and a new yeah, because that was that was the DS game, that was the right. DS game, and then the so, PS so it, I mean, it yeah. literally is kind of like the additional add-on. So yeah. like, if, yeah, kind of you kind of have to realize that it was. In that it is new type of yeah to the game's detriment for me but you know. yeah well let's 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 move into the conference itself um so you know obviously uh sony had a lot to show during the conference you know they had god of war spider-man um they showed up Adam. the new horizon zero dawn dlc the frozen wilds um but i want to get into the well i'm sorry that was actually kind of a big part of the stuff that we cover um anyone here play horizon I really, really want to, but I haven't played I it. I haven't yet. had the time to get Same. around to it. 
<laughs> too many games when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard it's amazing, and I really do want to play it though. Like I was kind of op- I was kind of skeptical, especially at, even at PlayStation Experience. I think a December, lot of people like, were uh, skeptical yeah. because it's like Gorilla. Like they made Killzone, and yeah, Killzone's, I mean, Killzone's awesome. okay. People hate, <laughs> hate on Killzone. I actually like Killzone Three and it, it's, it's yeah, it's just more like I did, it's their first I did too. open world. Yeah, Kyle's with me. He does. The, uh, uh, <laughs> Natalie reviewed it for the site and she really loved it and she said it's still her favorite game of the year. Oh yeah, no doubt. How many games has she played otherwise? <laughs> anyway. Oh, oh yeah. Persona Five and everything. No, oh okay, like... all right. I'm just curious. Uh, I was like, what if that was like the last game she played and then she played like Dark Rose Valkyrie was her next game. Um, <laughs> anyway, so there's yeah, there's the they announced a ton of games, but besides Horizon Zero Dawn DLC, which yeah looks great, uh, the snow looks amazing, like the cinematics. Um, a couple of the big reveals that I I felt like were the big standouts, besides the Shadow of the Colossus remake, which Shadow of the Colossus is my favorite game of all time, so I'm super excited to see what they do with that. When you do have we, the guys that I did think, I think it's weird. Like when they showed, I was no, like, "No, oh, you're weird. This. You're weird." What? Uh, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I love Shadow of the Colossus. I just don't. I, I don't know why they're making like remaking it. They're I, already re- remastered. It's a huge, I, re- it's a, I really want it. Was a, it was a, you know, it was a big okay. selling game on the PS2. I, I, I want to hear what all of your take is on this. Um, uh-huh. no, not a, not even a take. Um, We're gonna be negative again. Is Kyle. this is this? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm actually gonna try not to. Oh, be, okay. But uh, <laughs> the uh, is this now? Is this game? Because like you know how the the term remake and remaster gets switched around it's so this, much. I think like, it's the like, Chris Bandicoot of remakes. Yes, it's gonna be one like, of those. Well, like, let it finish. Sorry. Go ahead. Like like is this is this like when I think remake, I think like Resident Evil remake. And then, the, which is funny, because if you say that, because there's a fucking remaster yeah, of that remake. remake yeah. <laughs> but, but that's what I mean. Like, because when I saw it, the animations and everything mm-hmm. looked exactly like the old one. And, like, the team that's doing it, like, Blue Point, Blue they're, Point. They're, yeah. they're like the, the kings of the of the port. Uh, like, it sounds ridiculous, but, like, the, the HD remaster. remasters. Yeah, so... yeah, they do a really good job. So, But, like, at the same time, I'm kind of, like, worried about it being a full remake. Because, like, has this team ever actually made a game before? So, And, like, they're, they're taking Shadow of the Colossus of all things. So, the crazy <laughs> thing about the Shadow of the Colossus HD remasters that came out on the PlayStation 3. And I think this lends a lot of credence to what you're talking about. That Blue Point's so great at what they do. What they had to do in order to get it on the PlayStation 3 to begin with is that they actually had to reverse engineer the PS2 games to even get to the data that was inside because they didn't really have the source code. Go figure. That was kind of how it is. They put it onto the PC, then brought it back to the PlayStation 3, and that's how they were able to do all that work that you saw. They, they, they so, literally take like a used, like, get, like, buy a used disc at GameStop and then reverse engineer that. That's kind yeah, of what they had to do. I have a question, and it's an important one. Has okay. anyone here played the HD PS3 version? Yes. Yeah, I beat it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've heard, tell me if this, is, if this is true or not, I've heard that the gripping mechanic in the HD version is messed up. Is I, that true? I think yeah, it was. Too. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, I think, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I heard, I mean, I heard it, that. It, I heard that for sorry. some reason it is more difficult to work with. For, right. Like, Actually, not like, skilled enough like I am, where I can be leaping with that much grip, then you don't need to worry about it. No. I don't. I, I, I was. I was watching a YouTube yeah. like. You're right, though. A reaction video where they basically said like in the HD version, any small movement of any Colossus would make you like lose your grip uh, yes. where it was I still obviously that. doable and beatable, but it was, it was like playing the game in hard mode doing the challenge. It was almost, it, I, I, I do remember what you're people... talking about. I mean, for me, it's that I'm sorry. Someone was talking. I don't want to talk. No, about. no, no. All I was going to say is like the, those little tiny things. I don't know if you'd notice them back to back. I remember it's funny because blue point when they ported metal gear solid uh, two and three, I don't know yes. if you all remember this, but remember with metal gear solid two and three were like the only games on the PS2 that used the, the PS2's like, 
pressure sensitive buttons. Yeah, you remember that? The, was it the was and, it the uh, was it uh, analog triggers, whatever they're called? You know, like the every, the more you squeeze it, like it's yeah, it's it's like they were the only buttons like you could actually like. It was like when you pull up your gun in Metal Gear Solid Two, like if you slowly pulled it up or you slowly pushed the button, it would pull up. And it was like the only games in existence. Like, <laughs> yeah, that. I think they brought that back they, for PS4. And yeah. a lot of people complained when they when they put it in on 360 because the 360 didn't have those kind of buttons, <gasps> and they're like, oh, Blue Point fucked it up, and it's like no that they, they can't do it <laughs> yeah i think the xbox one brought that that back the sensitivity because that's why you got the rumble thing when you put the yeah. triggers but uh yeah i mean for me it's that it does seem like they put a lot of work into it because the presentation even by itself looks different uh but it could have just been the way it was shot of course you know the way that they showed it um it does look pretty good but then again um yeah the, it's weird because Shortly after that, someone put out a comparison video of the PS2 version and this trailer. I'm like, why didn't you do the PS3 version in this one? And it was such a, it became a very popular video for some reason. But um, for me, you know, any excuse to play that game again is fine by me. Um, the fact that it's a remake is exciting. The thing I'm kind of bummed about, though, is that they're not adding any new content. So yeah, none of the, the missing, because, like, yeah, Ueda, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ueda even said himself, it's like, he would love to be able, if they ever decided to do a remake of Shadow Colossus, like, he would love to be able to put the the Colossus that got cut into this game. That's not happening. Uh, so if it's just a straight remake, I mean, I'll still buy it and play it and really enjoy it, I'm sure, because I'm just a huge mm-hmm. fan of the Eco series, as it were. Last Guardian, of course. I mean, you guys can all agree. We gave it an award for a reason. Uh, or was it mm-hmm. default? Well, no, no. I think that actually Hitman was a up. Yeah, Last Guardian was a runner-up. Anyway, so it was still a great game, and so I'm, I'm excited to play it again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you though. It's that it's it's it, it's very likely that Crash you Insanity, know what whatever, it's going to be like a, a big remaster that's excused as a remake. But yeah, go ahead. What? Yeah, a Shadow of the Colossus two would have made me more excited. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I don't know if I want a sequel. If... You know what happened at the end of Shadow of the Colossus? I don't want a sequel. Actually, I like it the nah, way it ended. Well, what if, <laughs> that, what if... I, I'd rather have them do a new game? I mean, I in that I would I'd area, be okay. I'd yeah, be okay, I'd yeah, be okay yeah. with like. Uh, like if, it, if they had to make some bullshit reason to make a, a sequel to that but it's just like it, if there's nothing if it's really offering me nothing new substantially new i i don't know it's hard to i'll well, still get it i'll still play it i'll still like really like it but at the same time it's like i you could have made a new game with this well let me let me pose this to you more. then would you like to have a new game if ueda was not a part of it because he's yeah, no longer an game. employee. Yeah, but if uh, he's not, Ueda doesn't sell me games just like much like he, how could you but he made those games. two games like he he, yeah. he, he was uh, the one that directed yeah, and wrote it yeah, they did it, and I enjoyed those games. Like, if he, if it's his name wasn't attached, like, okay, I'll give it a shot. You know, let's see if it's any good. Are you gonna play Medigo Maybe... Survive? That's what I'm yeah, asking. I'll give it a shot. My my friends and I are, are, are planning to like pick it up and play it and uh, oh, co-op no. it. And, you know, I don't what, know. You know what? I, 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 to, to me, like a person's name doesn't sell me any game. It's like the game's content uh, sells oh, me on a game. Was, I mean, to me, it's. Oh, I'm sorry. Obviously, I, I respect that opinion, and that's it's totally fine. I guess it's like for me, it's that the name means a lot. Especially if it's like, for example, Shigeru Miyamoto. You know, if he's attached to a game, that gives me a lot of, uh, it brings a lot of attention to it. And like, the, I'm curious to see it because this guy's got a unique vision that I can't see anywhere else. Like Death Stranding, you know, I'm really excited for that because I'm a big Hideo Kojima fan. And so that kind of stuff. If his, but a sequel to a game, that seems to like more times than not kind of fall flat. It's like that new, like, for example, like the new Ninja Gaiden game that came out after. Uh, the creator left. You know that was awful. <laughs> so, I hear I hear the Razor's Edge thing is like the best Ninja Gaiden though. I actually haven't played that like the the Razor's Edge like update, heard, updated thing on it. Not yeah, Ninja Gaiden the, three probably. 
actual update to that. Yeah, a, a realm reborn. Dead or alive, that's basically what you know, is. Dead or alive, uh, beach volleyball. That was the. So well, that was look, bad. There, there, there are like you know, there are sequels out there that don't have the original creator attached to them that were you know better than the original. What so. examples do you got though? I don't Final have the Fantasy any on fifteen. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I totally, I, I totally, I think it's just something that I'm maybe I'm just not thinking of, and you're totally right. I just think of like there's examples in my head where it's like that that's it doesn't happen uh but you know it's like you know dead rising and stuff like that like when they try to move it to like a different like, no. prepping yeah. a list for this I'm no, no. like i said <laughs> i'm not trying to put you on the spot Sorry, yeah but, like you know. i said a game's content decides whether a game is good or not oh, for me no, not no, no, but, I, no, but i think i know i, think I know what they it. should have done with this shadow of classes remake so that he so Wade says he wanted more titan or wanted wanted more more titans yes <laughs> but he wanted more colossus titans right? attack so, on titan they're gonna be an attack so, on titan into the world so like the trailer ends and the huge hand comes down and a new colossi emerge and it's knack <sighs> okay all right oh, i mean you Better know if you want to go that route it's like a weird crossover but i would be scared <laughs> well i'm making a joke i don't no, actually I'm, want knack and shadow i don't scared. want knack and shadow the colossus <laughs> uh, i mean i guess for um, bringing back you know it's like i don't want knack please stay away but i uh, you know for me it's that i think that the eco games serve way better as self-contained experiences and you know you can say like i i I mean i would love to see a new game in that world that they created with the falling bridge and everything but like the thing that i'm i'm really excited about is that well yeah shadow class has ended great um what i'm curious about though is that the the great thing about shadow the class the original is that one of the most exciting things is being able to follow the community because if you haven't, guys, haven't been paying attention, it's like people have been exploring every inch of that game to try to find evidence of either cut content or like, you know, this Colossi that was supposed to be there. So there's like articles and articles and videos and videos and streams and streams of people trying to find all this content. It makes me wonder if they're going to play with any of that stuff in the remake because, you know, Blue Porn, obviously, they've kind of absorbed all this stuff. It's like, I wonder if they're going to put a lot of like Easter eggs and stuff like that. And that's what I'm interested in is like make that experience somewhat fresh. Even if it's gonna, because it's not been that long since those remasters came out, like maybe a few years. But the remasters even had like you know extra content that you can enjoy and, and watch and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm wondering if they're gonna be able, if they're able to do something like that. You know, who knows? This was so I like Shadow of the Classes. I'm not like it's not like my favorite game of all time, but I do like it a lot. But um. When I when that trailer was announced, like I kind of had this, I, I was kind of thinking this, and then someone in the chat room I was in kind of said the same thing. Like, man, I don't want to play Shadow of the Classes for a third time. I do. <laughs> and I, and I that's awesome. Like that, that's kind of how I felt. Like, yeah, that's true. I don't really want to play it again, no matter how much. You know? <laughs> I'm glad. That's, that's I think really I, good I, I, I love. I've kind of in the in between all of this, where like I, it's one of my favorite games too, and I love it. Um, and I, I don't. I think it's great that they're porting it or remaking it, whatever. Yeah. But I also do am kind of like I have played Shadow of the Colossus like four times already. No, I mean I'm as someone who loves the game as much as I do, even with all the argument I just made. It's I'm, I'm totally there with you. It's like unless there's a real big reason, like I said, I'll probably still buy it and all that, but it will kind of be a little disappointing. You know, it's like they're gonna go to all this effort. They should really do something extra to it and not just make it a straight remake. Now, just a just a just a personal anecdote that I feel strongly enough that I have to share. Like one of my favorite gaming memories is doing like the the second set of trials, the gold trials or whatever they call them, doing the third Colossus with the sword, 
and you, finally, leap. finally getting uh, the sword yeah. leap, and and the sword leap is not so is not fun. sufficient. You have to do that, and you have to like make it a perfect climb to his neck or whatever. And when I finally nailed it and beat it before the time trial like cleared out, that's it's very vivid to me. Like oh, I, that so was ten, ten years ago now. It's nothing. I've never felt so exuberant about any like raid boss I, or anything. And like you on YouTube again? Some... <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> well, I never want to do that again. The th- uh, I know I want to spend too much time on this just one game, but like the great thing was like watching when YouTube came about, you know, like after I played the game, this was like pre YouTube or at least, you know, when it was still early watching videos of the way people tackle the different colossi and seeing like one of the last, like maybe the last enemy is like, what you can leap from his hip to that hand when he comes down. Like you can do it like right there. Like, Oh my God. You know, like it's, it was exciting to like learn these strategies of people had already figured out to like completely demolish like they had the time trial and the boss rush. So I think that just finding different ways to play that kind of stuff is kind of fun. And, you know, it's like one of those, crazy experiences that you know don't really even today don't really exist that much like a game where all it is is boss rushes like it's all bosses there's no one really able to do that such a a crazy thing again i you can't really think of any other games that really go like that you know so uh, lords of lords of shadow completely (sighs) aped it yeah they did (laughs) god why do people like i'm like like speaking of games that were from creators that weren't the original makers anyway uh Metroid. They're making that. They're making that Metroid game too. Yeah, Mercury Steam is making the Metroid game. Oh my! Jesus they're Christ, making the Mer- yeah, Metroid really Two know. remake, right? That's the- I, 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 I was. I was looking at. Like, I think I asked either Brian or Kyle. I was like, "Wait, didn't Mercury Steam try to do this like that Castlevania Mirror of Fate thing?" <sighs> at least it's done. At least it's done, and they'll put it out in September. They, they said it, the game's already done. They just have to put it out, you know. So. Uh, okay. I think I think yeah, Mercury Steam has really good artists. Like, I don't really have very many other compliments for them. But their, artwork, <laughs> their, art, their artwork is really stellar, so I'm it's, excited it's to see kinda, if, if, if that can come through on a 3DS. It's been a weird journey sure. for Mercury's team, right? Like, they, they used to be, like, AAA exist? developers, and then now they're kind of like, oh, yeah, we're doing our not AM2R thing. How did they, uh, that, It's like one of those developers, like, how, do you, how are you guys still around? Like, I mean, apparently the Metroid work, game... Right? I think the Metroid game is supposed to be just pretty much very close to that Castlevania 3DS game that came out, the Lords of Shadow 3DS game. <laughs> oh, it's supposed to be confidence. like the same, like pretty much close to the same game. I think like oh, either shit. the same system, uh, at least, or maybe the same engine. But yeah, that's what I heard from people oof. that have played it. So well, that's, well then. yeah, let's move on. Great. <laughs> Get bummed out about Metroid. Uh, Metroid Prime 4, you know, um, but yeah, yeah. so other than that, I mean, the other big game that they showed for us we didn't even mention Life is Strange was at the Microsoft conference, by the way. So I'm, I'm very interested in that. But let's move into the more we, – we talked about Microsoft. So Monster Hunter World. This is a thing that we got a lot of crap for. Uh, but, yeah, Monster Hunter World is coming to PS4, uh, Xbox, and PC. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, next yeah. Early next year. And so – and. Um, one one that's very soon uh which makes me and think that of, maybe that's and as of right now stuff. monster hunter cross cross or whatever it's called is not double cross it. they said they don't have plans but i think Seda, sorry adam brought up a good point that or maybe it was alex uh that nintendo tends to publish those games anyway so it could be nintendo totally decided to localize it themselves even if capcom decides not to so whatever you know well i i, I was looking at um uh, monster hunter stories yeah um 
like right. who is publishing this oh it's nintendo yeah like, see right that's like, like that's that's an example of like maybe capcom's not doing it they may not have plans to but Ninten- maybe that's the way of saying like nintendo's probably gonna be the ones to do it maybe. well i mean the, the, i doubt the, it but yeah. there's no there's no point of uh, dwelling on ifs right like at the moment it's not announced at yeah, the moment there's no plans to bring it over really quickly what is cross cross again it's the expansion. It's, uh, it's, it's the yeah, it's the updated expansion to generation. So it'd be yeah. like generations two uh, oh, here. But okay. it's you know add like a third X to that, and then it'll be hentai. Um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, no, I think it's like there's new monsters and new like weapon style, and you know, uh, it's your 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 typical Monster Hunter update. And apparently, in Monster Hunter World is that they brought back what's sixteen or seventeen weapons right or whatever that that's like, like they brought weapons yeah they brought back types. all the weapons that have already been added to the most recent entry in the game so it's like all the content is there and apparently there's even new monsters as well uh which makes a lot of sense so um i don't want to spend too much time because i don't think any of us are really experts on monster Hunter, so sorry for the audience but is this the game for me it's like i was huge into tokiden of course and i covered all the games and so like that was my big entering uh to the uh, the whole design of what monster Hunter really is because that's it really at first toki did aped it then they made it their own um but is this going to be the game that you guys are going to really jump into the monster Hunter series for the first time because for me i'm this is what i've been waiting for pretty much right like it's i don't really want to get too much into the portable versions because i didn't really have like other people to play with or whatever this is what i've been waiting for and this is something that i kind of thought with toki Den 2 is like this is something that kind of uh sort of fed that that need that i had so is this just to reiterate though is this the game that's going to get you guys into that's into the series mm, i it'll it'll definitely i'll give it a try again like i last yeah, monster Hunter game i played was freedom unite on the psp oh, i just don't I, I, I just don't i just don't like the the portable like handheld uh, experience of it i don't yeah, like trying to like figure out the claw i don't like the 3ds uh, control scheme for it after i played like totally. demos of it uh, so like you know just being able to play this like on an actual proper controller that won't like cripple my hand uh <laughs> you know. do you have like massive hands josh is this why no <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm the same way as i'm, I'm totally the same as josh that's like that's the reason I could like Monster Hunter always seemed like something I would love, and when I tried four, three, it was four. I think I had three U or three something. Three was on the Wii. and then on the Switch, the Switch or no, the the 3DS last year, and and I just remember like this feels so terrible to play on this 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 control. Scheme. And um, mine's the same as Josh. I played Freedom Unite on the PSP and like on that little nub and I was just like this is yeah. this is awful. I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. I did play so, the first Monster Hunter on the PS2 and that's the only experience I've had with the series. So I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. There just seems to be a lot of smart improvements on this and a lot of uh crazy enhancements to the series. And I think I, I think uh, the, I've been speaking with like a lot of friends who are big into Monster Hunter. You know, um, they're like the more info they find out about this, the more confident they feel. Like I know there's like a big like divisive opinion on the community community right now about like just it having like toggable like damage numbers on it. And you know, oh, I think the first time so, they show numbers, yeah, yeah, the and then that'll be a big quality of life thing if you really think about it. Because first you can turn it off, and two, you don't have to like go search up a wiki and like. Uh, give like some vague like estimation of like okay how much health does this monster actually have and also like giving you feedback on like hey i have a new weapon with like these elemental properties now you can actually like get direct direct like numbers on like how much of a more powerful is this compared to my previous equipment and whatnot um i think it's just gonna be it's gonna be a weird thing right because uh, there's a there's a nice there's something 
very gratifying about man versus monster one on one mono Ooh, mono yeah. kind of kind of deal kind of deal. So a lot of people don't are afraid that like leaning on it being monster versus monster to like you know get, to get some damage in you know kind of takes away from that experience. I'm wondering, you know, just how versatile these missions are, how reliant you have to be on monster versus monster. Um, and you know, it's cool that they're finally doing uh, drop in, drop out uh, multiplayer, just big uh, quality of life. It's funny how, well. many, how many people complain about that feature on our timeline. I was like, isn't that like even someone said like they prefer that over what they had before? Yeah, but, yeah, they're, they're, it's one of those things, right? Like, you're so ingrained to the series because of the way it, uh, it plays things. It may have some archaic uh, mechanics, but it added to like the, the atmosphere and experience. Like, people really like the, the, the simulation of like prepping a hunt, get, gathering a party uh beforehand and like you know being set on it but then you lose that party member part way into the battle and like well we're down to yeah, three exactly. that's great yeah adam that i didn't hear from too. you though i'm sorry josh uh adam what did you is this going to be what's going to interest you because i i think you'd be more into these types of games uh honestly honestly i have no interest at all oh okay there well let's go. move on <laughs> to what else we've got <laughs> is anything else you want to add to that is that going to be good no, I mean it's just not my type of game, I guess. So. Oh, okay, I thought. Yeah, I, some, I, I mean, thought you like more the monot, like the little bit, little bit more monotonous stuff. You know, the repetitive <laughs> nature of it. Not the monotonous, but the repetitive nature of it. Yeah, is I mean, addictive. Look, look, yeah, Monster Hunter is, but at its core, you are literally grinding monsters for their mats again and again to get the next set of armor and weapons that you want, and then repeat ad nauseum. I think the good That's part though is that yeah, sorry cut you up right there but i think the good part is that lately they've been really trying to up the action of each encounter and so it can make it way more dynamic and way more interesting like no two encounters can be the same as a result and so with that that might be more entertaining as a result than straight up just running up and expecting the same pattern every time so but there but there's something to be said about like you know streamlining that process because if you're if if you think about it making these encounters as as short as possible to get the 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 mat the, like just the mats that you need like kind of you know making that process as fast as possible to you know do it again and so at least you know what to expect so there's like a certain like process to it and you have it down to like, a science to like you know get the mat proper mats that you need because the item drop rates can be ridiculously low at times yeah no totally that's it's the chance of being able to do it but once you get the whole set is pretty amazing just like yeah again. so let's get into um the next day uh the day tuesday when e3 proper happened so the beginning of that day though was nintendo's uh what do they call it the digital spotlight spotlights yeah so nintendo spotlight so just to quickly run down the games they showed so they started with xenoblade chronicles 2 and then they had their new Kirby game. Uh, I forget what they called it, but yeah, maybe it's just Kirby, it's just Kirby at this point. Yeah. Uh, then they announced their new Pokemon game that's coming to the Switch, a core game. They announced Metroid Prime 4 is the thing that exists. We don't know what it is. And there's a lot of announcements here. I mean, let's just talk about the announcements. That yeah, was, well, just, yeah, just quickly, it's like we got Yoshi, Breath of the Wild DLC, and a bunch of indie games, and Super Mario Odyssey. So what would you guys think about Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Because I'm still, I think this seems like an unpopular opinion, but I actually really like, and I mean, really like the British English voices for Xenoblade One. Not because, not not because (laughs) that. Well, I see a lot of people just being like, "Where's the Japanese voiceover? Where's the Japanese voiceover?" Blah blah blah. Um, But uh, but it's just it's not because on its own it's stellar. It's you know merely just good, but it's just that it's so unique. Like 
name another game that sounds like that. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, and the yeah, fact that they seem to be, it wasn't, there was, a, there was a few American accents in there too, but uh, still, I think it's still being localized by the same Nintendo of Europe team. I think, I think it uh, is, yeah. So, and I, I'm, I, th- I think that's a wonderful decision. Like, it, it'll, it'll kind of tie it together with Xenoblade 1, kind of distance it from Xenoblade Cross. Um I just I'm really looking forward to it. I, I kind of understand that the, the way it looks is a little bit controversial, but to be honest, the first game didn't look very good either. It's not a looker, but that's not why anyone enjoys Xeno, Xeno games are never pe- a looker. Pe- people, people poke <laughs> fun at how both Xenoblade and Xenoblade Chronicles Cross looked like. Like people were even saying, like Monolith has to get better models. This was even in Xenosaga. Yeah. The people I forget. Um, I forget which YouTuber it was, but there was. I don't watch a lot of YouTube content, but I was actually watching this because it was super interesting about how Xenoblade, obviously originally developed for the Wii, which is not um, very. It's a very weak console with very low poly character models. It's but it made up it, it made up for it with having some like really good cin- cinematography type tricks yes. in their cutscene direction and things like that. The cutscenes are like they they're they're active. They don't use a lot of canned animations. Um, obviously, you, do, you have like the low key fish lip kind of dialogue scenes. But, like <laughs> well, there's but the, but there's it. but basically well we're. The, the long story short is, is that I hope that sort of care and attention that they did with the Xenoblade kind of cutscenes and story focus carry over in the Xenoblade too. Yeah, because they really pushed uh, that that console to the limits. Very right. impressive so, what they did with that. Yeah, they they employed a lot of tricks, which uh, yeah. you kind of don't you kind of don't and you you kind of don't um, recognize it until I saw this one person. I wish I remember who it was. Break it down, and. Uh, it's a lot of love and care went into it, so I, I really hope we do see it this year. I'm yeah. excited. Oh yeah, the well, fact that it's still set for holiday 2017 is, is awesome. Is insane. Just to just to just to uh, just a like re- reminder, this game was announced in January. Yeah, this year, and it's set by the end of the year. You're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they're well, also, we well, about, like, they're, they're aiming for a simultaneous worldwide release with this as well. Yes, that is. Which is like the exact insane. opposite of Xenoblade. Which yeah, I think the only game it was I game it was game of the year for three years. Three years, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. motherfucker. Uh, but oh I, it was in Europe and then America, yeah. Yep. There, there's quite a bit to unpack with the, the, the news, you know, because they also gave a gameplay presentation and whatnot. But I think the, the big takeaway from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is that Monolith's MO has always been kind of working with the limits that they're given, like pushing it to the limit. Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 1, Xenoblade X especially, like seeing the scope of the world on the Wii U and like seeing how that, how lessons learned from each of those games, uh, like, you know, transition into Xenoblade Chronicles 2 really, really fascinate me because these guys are very much masters of, you know, environmental design, world building, and kind of really going for the scope of their games and trying to implement, you know, some sort of like meaningful tale in relation to the world that they craft. Uh, and it's awesome that, you know, when the, in, in, through the gameplay presentation that you see like you you can see that they acknowledge problems from the first uh xenoblade and x and kind of implement them in creative ways to kind of up the the momentum of combat making auto attacks more you know meaningful like you have to stay in place for auto attacks instead of like uh, moving around you switching between you know the the blades that you now have because blades are not like just your weapons but like actual things that's kind of you kind of roll for like gachapon style so like each character can like uh, has like slots for like what thirty or so blades. So 
it's going it's going to be a very versatile game and you see all these like you know new status ailments you see all these kinds of like ways to approach like uh monsters and whatnot it's very exciting i'm i'm very very int- uh, curious to see how this shapes up because monolith soft is very much a second to none developer for me when it comes to certain aspects of rpgs it's it's exciting to see uh something like this i mean i personally i don't hope this is the limits of what the switch can do but i'm very curious and it just reminds me that i need to go back and play uh zoom Blade chronicles x uh sometime but this is this is really cool that we've got something huge coming in the launch year of of the new console. Yeah, know? if they actually stick to that date, that's gonna be crazy. I, at this point, it'd be kind of shocking if they don't, just because like they should know by this point, like whether they're gonna yeah. make it or not. So, but who knows if holiday what holiday means? Like, I want a more solid date. Right. It's kind of shocking. Let's say twenty seventeen. Yeah, that's all. Oh, I, yeah, did, that's I, all did, I did. I did. I did see a Neil Gaffer title where I initially rolled my eyes, basically saying, like, can 2018 top 2017 for the Switch? And I rolled my eyes because everyone's talking about the Switch in a lot of kind of mundane, inane ways. Yeah. But then but then I kind of thought about it. I'm like, well, in the first year, we do have Zelda, Zelda Mario Kart, um, Mario, and now Xeno. Arms, yeah. And and then now Xenoblade could be a pretty massive one of you know of our interest. So then I started thinking like, okay, well maybe he has a point. What can 2018 bring? I have no idea. Like there's Project <laughs> Octopath because they didn't show Project Octopath. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, like prior to the Switch's launch, and even like the first two months of the Switch, like uh, I want to talk about like you know the the real medal of Nintendo isn't until next year. There's very much you know feeling out year, but yeah. they're they're proving me wrong very fast. You know, I mean, if they, if they make good on all these games, especially if Super Mario Odyssey is what Breath of the Wild was to the Zelda series. Oof. I mean, if you ask like what 2018 is going to bring, it's their online mode and whatever the hell that's going to be. Cause that's <laughs> what's supposed to launch there, right? So yeah. uh, that's going to be. The stupid ass headsets and all that garbage voice chat shit. Anyway, so that was yeah, that was the, the for me that was the uh, clearly that was the big announcement. And they sh- they started with a showstopper, which is kind of amazing to see. Yeah. And you know they went into the other games. It's awesome to see Pokemon the core series coming to the, the Switch and not another spinoff or yeah, this would be like the the first proper Pokemon mainline game like Ever. a non non handheld. What you didn't like Gale of Darkness? That's <laughs> I, it was that had a story. Mm. It wasn't like a sequel too. Like that was like a sequel story. It was. I don't even know. It was such a weird. Uh, the only thing. Game. So my younger dark brother. And emo. I, this is this is back when I was living at home. Um, my younger brother is a big Pokemon fan, and he bought Gale of Darkness for GameCube. And like all, the only thing I remember from it was like the Pokemon. It's like the cactus with like the sombrero hat. Yeah. Um, yeah and then like Ludic- the. Yeah, Ludicolo or something, and then like the music that 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 the guy who had him played in battle is like weirdly good. I do remember <laughs> there was also like that special edition GameCube that you can buy that had the skin on it. That was for Pokemon Gale of Darkness. That was also so, like a, I'm, yeah, just them coming out and saying, "Hey, yes, we know there's like a new Pokemon for real RPG coming to the Switch." You know, after like yeah. the whole debacle with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and the the direct uh, a few weeks back. You know, it sounds like a last second edition. Yeah, I'm I mean, curious when they. Not, I'm curious like when they decided. Company. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just curious when they decided. Like, hey, let's mention this here. We're not going to do a logo. We're not going to give anything except just mention it. That's like, a very Nintendo when, thing when, to do. When do they? When do they make that decision? And, and it's like, hey, that's they said you'd have in Metroid Prime Four, right? It's like, oh, look at this. Uh, you see the vague Metroid symbol at the back of the fucking uh, 
and then you see four. It's oh, like four. Attack. Is it gonna happen? Is it gonna yeah. fucking happen? And then it's like, oh, it's Metroid Prime Four, and then it's like, oh, okay. It was funny because like, isn't it like a, there was like a Twitter account that's dedicated to say, is there a new Metroid game yet? And then like all these all this time, it's been saying no like every day, and then like the day it happened, like shit. There's two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There's two. Yeah, yeah, there's two. Uh, one we kind of still iffy about, but Metroid Prime Four, like, is that they said it's from a studio of like. Important people, exactly or whatever. Know, like they, yeah. the yeah. way that they, they don't, we don't know retro. anything. Yeah, we know it's not, not retro. retro. It's not. It can't be because all the, the like retro doesn't really like what it was isn't what it is now. So retro. I, I do want obviously working doing, on Donkey yeah. Kong Three Switch. featuring Lanky Kong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a new studio awesome. called Modern. Lanky Kong. With the, you're the only one who remembers Lanky Kong. All right. So that was, yeah, that, and yeah. like I mentioned before, like there was a bunch of other announcements too. Like I, that's like the, the new Kirby game and the new Yoshi games. That's what's kind of getting me sold on the Switch because I'm a huge Yoshi and Kirby fan. Like those yeah. are the two mascots that I've never done me wrong. Uh, even, I mean, Canvas Course was great too. Sometimes uh, Kirby games seem to release without much fanfare, you know, but they have like a dedicated following. But apparently Robobot, yeah. released last year is like, People say like this actually might be literally the best Kirby game. <laughs> I heard that least. too. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too, and I was I was like, oh, I really need to go back and play that game. But uh, yeah, and besides that, yeah, like I was saying, like the new Zelda DLC that they showed off too. Like they they showed some of the stuff with that. And Mario I think most also... people, just to put a bow on that, most people are kind of just ho hum on the summer DLC. People are really looking for that. That winter DLC with that ballad of the champions, or whatever. We still don't know anything about book. it, but it's like, oh, it's yeah. Zelda all, all, and the all, all we really, yeah, all we really know now is that it's going to thematically involve the champions. We don't. It's all we know from the initial release of the um, season pass is that it's going to have new story content and a new dungeon. So that's kind of all we know still, really. The, the one thing I, the one thing I was bummed at is that that map feature of seeing where you've been that's locked Heroes behind pass. expansion pass. That was like whatever. Oh. Guys, it does feel like that could be. That does feel like it could be a content. Yeah. Feature. yeah. All right. So moving into the show floor itself because Kyle's been sitting here so patiently. Uh, <laughs> And I know we've got we've got a couple more games that you got to see that we really want to talk they, about. They didn't they didn't say anything about a release date for Fire Emblem Warriors, right? We know it's September no. twenty something for Japan, but no, I think, they just, I think it's still fall. Oh, fall! fall yeah, okay. sorry, that's right, fall. Not Fire Emblem Switch. Yeah, we don't know anything about one. that. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. Yeah, so. Fire Emblem Warriors. You're the only one who's thinking about Fire Emblem Warriors. I, I'm, just, I'm just not thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I like the, what they showed at the show floor. Fire Emblem Warriors featuring Lanky Con. Go Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're talking about, oh, we, we're only restricting these series because, you know, we don't want to limit sword holders. And then they come out of the trailer. It's only fucking sword holders. Isn't the box and the, art and, only and, sword Yeah, the box holders? art is yeah. only sword holders. It's, it's like, like oh, God it's like, damn it. What's going on uh, with this game? God, that's all they're going to yeah. be because it's Denny Sewers. But, you know, Lou Boo was a spear user. It was like a halberd or something. Where's Ephraim? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, let's find out. Um, just a bunch of archers, you know, on horseback. Um, so they're going to have griffins too, I wonder, or like flying mounts and stuff like that. That'd be insane to see in a Fire Emblem a Warriors game, like a Dynasty Warriors, if you're on a flying mount. How awesome would that be? Um, so moving into the game itself, the show floor itself. Let's quickly get to what Kyle got to, also got to see. So a couple games. Um, Yakuza Six, that is going to be out here early 2018, right? But, so, but, but or is Kiwami it and six. no, that's Kiwami. It's Kiwami first, six yeah, is yeah. next year. I got You're to right. I got to play I got to play both of those. Uh, it, I was pretty lucky because it was the very first thing I went through. Went to at E3. Atlas wasn't doing uh, appointments at all, which you just reminded me that about the whole. Uh, uh, Valkyria wasn't at Sega's booth at all. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I was actually going to ask: Is Thirteen Sentinels wasn't there either? Was it? Uh, Thirteen Sentinels was there, but only yeah, in the trailer. new trailer. But it was like oh, very, very, very similar to like you know what they showed like or two Japan? years ago. Yeah, no, it was twenty fifteen. Like, there were a few new elements in showing like the like the, all the other characters, and you can take a picture of, like a giant robot. But there wasn't much of Thirteen Sentinels. Uh, I actually talked about it uh, with uh, one of the Atlas reps. Yeah. Oh, it's but such they... a bummer. They, all that effort. Sorry. I just wanted... To, that was what we were going to ask before the podcast. That was what I was thinking of. Anyway, keep going. But Yakuza, how was your feelings on it? So, uh, well, you Yakuza loved, you loved Zero. 6 is... I loved Zero, but that was the first one I'd played. And um, I played 6 right first uh, before Kiwami. And um, 6 was interesting because uh, it's very clearly made for the PS4 as opposed to, uh, you know, the other PS3 ones for PS3, PS3 games. Yeah, yeah, one of the, the last P- PS3 games, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't get zero on uh, PS3 in the West, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this one was very clearly made for PS4, and it looks way better. It's got, especially when the two games are right beside each other. Now, you know, this one doesn't have the super, it doesn't have the 60 frames per second, but uh, it looks way better. It's got a really nice bloom and uh, depth of field effect that makes the uh, uh, Komocharo, I think that's what the red light district in uh, Komorocho, that's it. Um in uh, Yakuza, because it's not based on the, it's a fictional red it's light fictional, district, yeah. but it's yeah, yeah. based on a based on a real one. But I was inter- This game is a lot more dense than even uh, uh, Zero, and there there's so much there's so many side activities and so much stuff to do. And like Kiryu has a because it's modern day, so he has a smartphone. So like something that was really interesting in terms of side quests is I got a I got a side quest that was like um, someone was trying to like contact me about like a money laundering scheme and they were trying to trick me out of my money um but i ended up basically i ended up through dialogue choices discovering that these people were like trying to swindle me and i, I can't remember exactly how it started because i was talking to the alice or the sega person at the same time <laughs> and um yeah and basically i had to get him i had to go track down these people with you know, using like the the GPS on the smartphone or something like that. And, uh, and it sounds weird, but like, you know, the last game I played was zero and that game takes place in the eighties. So, um, you had no such thing. Yeah. 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 Nothing like that. And you can, it actually helps a lot with navigating the world. Like you can put a, you can put a, a, like a little marker on the map, which actually helps a lot because the, the, it's very, the, the streets are a lot more dense. Um, or they just are in general in Yakuza, but it, especially in this one, there was a lot more going on. And, uh, I eventually found the guy and beat him up and like the what felt great about the combat now is they added like tons of frames of animations like like it's way 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 more fluid and I I really liked the Yakuza combat already but uh, like I remember I got hit at one point and like here you like stumbled backwards and like kind of like did a trip and it looked it just looked really really like fluid and amazing That's awesome and um, it just feels even better to fight now um, and uh, it, it, that game um it's going to be really 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 good um i don't know how much of i think yakuza games tend to be sort of self-contained stories um i don't know how much i i don't know how much of someone tried i think once told me that i should play five before six but i don't know if that's gonna happen yeah i mean five was a great game too i mean all the games are great uh but you're i think you're experiencing it the best way possible right now you really should now that you've played zero just go through the experience like that because they reworked. You already know this, of course, but they reworked the games to make better for transitioning mm-hmm. from a zero to six. So you're doing it yeah. that way. Six feels great to play, though. I just like I just 
again, I, I know adding frames of animation doesn't sound like much, but it when <laughs> Z- Zero's or Yakuza's combat's like really crunchy, and like I always described it as like knuckle on jaw, where it just it feels great to beat people up in that, those games. And, and you, you uh, mentioned that like when Yakuza Six though is that there's no loading screens in between like the area. So you're talking about the, yeah. the speed of animation, like you can f- fight your way into a store, and the way things fly around you is uh, with that higher frame rate is pretty awesome. Yeah, it feels just fantastic, and um, I, I ended up beating up the guy trying to steal money from me, and, and you know the trademark Yakuza like, like it was a very short demo, I should say. It was only about um, like ten minutes, um, and then it was kind of funny because when I went to go play Kiwami, and I'm pretty, I'm still excited to play Kiwami, but you can definitely tell that like six is a big step up from the oh, zero yeah. Kiwami <laughs> presentation. It looks, it looks way better, and. Um, it was kind of like I shouldn't have played it in that order. Uh, Kiwami was, is kind of hilarious because they have <laughs> this new game mode. It might be one of my favorite game mechanics in a game ever now called uh, Majima Anywhere. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, Majima's and, the best. And then, and then, so there's a character named Majima in Yakuza, if you don't know. And in the, in Kiwami, I don't know if this is in the, in he's the, the other yeah, one. He's, he's, the right? pirate. Oh. he's the pirate. He's the pirate. Oh, no, no. Majima Anywhere is only Kiwami. Yeah, the, Majima Anywhere. And so basically what he can do is he will literally come and, like, fight you and challenge you at to like different activities at any moment in the That's, game yes. so like at one point i went to a side activity and was trying to play darts and then and then he just showed up and challenged me to darts while i'm trying to yes. play yes it, it, it's it's really funny because yes. the awesome. interesting thing is he because like in zero he's way different uh he's like laid back and then he becomes the what's his name the what is his title the beast oh. of the beast mm, just, no. <laughs> was it no. a mantis or something he, he's got he's got like a title like yeah. the viper of kamacharo or something like that um it's not that but and uh, he becomes what he's famous for in the rest of the series at the end of zero and um i guess that's sort of barehanded viper is that it uh i don't know nice. i i really i just made that up <laughs> oh the mad but, dog of shimano but uh yeah uh that sounds is, is that it yeah that sounds right the mad yeah, dog yeah that sounds I but remember six, Mad Dog, but yeah, yeah, six was six was amazing, and uh, I'm sure I'll really enjoy Kiwami as well. But um, I was really uh, blown away by how gorgeous it looked. It's kind of a it, the series is kind of interesting from from what I understand. It's really popular in Japan, um, and you can like it's kind of crazy that these games like didn't come over before because like this looks like a like, very expensive like AAA game that you figure would come over naturally, but it's great and the the random encounter stuff um it's like one of my like i know yakuza isn't quite an rpg but like those little touches like make it feel like one like when it you know you're walking along and then suddenly you're in a battle and then hooligans on the screen comes up it literally says hooligans and you're just fighting people changing the background like cheering on it feels great though i I really enjoyed it it was what was kind of cool too is uh sega's booth for the the yakuza games they made it like they dressed it up and made it look like a like a red light district yes um yeah, awesome. They, it, awesome game though. I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to to play it. And I was kind of worried that like I should, like, do I have to play like four games before I play six? But um, yeah, it, it was great. I really enjoyed it. I was I'm curious because like <clears throat> I wonder if Kiwami did they add any new dialogue in Kiwami? Do you know? Did they say anything about that new story stuff? Because Majima is voiced by Mark Hamill, and so I'm wondering if they are still able to get him. <laughs> That's what I'm curious. Well, actually, aren't these games all Japanese only? Yeah, they they they, they no, don't they, have no, any... the Yakuza original Yakuza was English as well. Yeah, 
the, the original the original Yakuza yeah. had uh, Mark Hamill as uh, Majima, but in like this is this is just Sega bringing Damn. it over. Damn, that's um, curious. <laughs> they, their localization, you you know, because like a lot of people have been talking about you know Atlas's localization of Persona Five and all of that, and uh, but Yakuza. like Zeros was Zeros was extremely good. Like they like they recognized like the different accents based on what region of Japan they might be in, um, and you could see that in even in. Uh, Kiwami when I played it yeah yeah they, yeah they actually like in like it's a super super good localization like there was an, when I played zero I like never had a moment where I was like you know like huh whereas like when I played persona 5 I'm like there's some things here that just don't make sense oh, sure. <laughs> but, that's, but now that's the Yakuza localizations are actually done by like a third party that kind of like Atlas kind of like is more of like a supervisor I'm trying to see oh really find it. Yeah, yeah it's not like internal Atlas USA oh I knew that part but I thought it was Sega I didn't know. No, it wasn't Sega. Uh, I forget the group's name. They do a great. They do a great job, and uh, I know that Six has been out in Japan for quite a while now. Uh, and I, I, I <sighs> you, think, yeah. I think it has a has a rep. I know Zero is generally considered considered the best, but I think Six is like another fan favorite. It's beat Takeshi's um, in it. It's awesome. That's the coolest um, thing about that. Yeah. Anyways, I you the I don't really else <laughs> to say about it other than I'm super excited to to play it next. That's a, that's my most anticipated for the, like the games coming out in early next year. It's that's a big one, and early 2018 just keeps getting just as big as it was with early 2017. So exciting. And the other game, sorry, say Adam, did you find what that team was before I move on? No, I can't. <laughs> oh, well. I do know. Because, I know what you're talking about because eight four play on the podcast. They talked about that team and they got to meet them and everything. So it is an, a different team, not Sega proper. But mm-hmm. um, so the other game you got to see uh, was Don't Nod's next game is Vampire. Uh, vamp, vampire. Yeah, it's vamp. Is either vampire, vampire or vampire. It's just vamp. It's just call it vampire. Let's call it vamp. Uh, <laughs> better go solid. So anyway. So basically, this is the team that made uh, Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. This is their and new act. Yeah, and remember me. Sorry. And um, gotta mention it. They. This is their not open world, but like it's their new amp. Uh, you know, RPG about World War One era vampires. Um, like it takes Food, place in London. Yeah, London during World War One, or just post World War One. I, I can't remember. Um, and. What I kind of like about it is it's inspired. Like, there's vampires have been around myth for like centuries and centuries, and there's so many different incarnations about them. Like, there's the very first vampire movie, or that the people know about, uh, called Nosferatu from the 1920s, and then there's you know the recent Twilight movies, which everyone you know the like, second that's... vampire movie. Yeah, yes. exactly. The second one. <laughs> um, but, but, like, there's so many different versions of vampires, but the ones that I've always really liked were the Anne Rice uh, iterations of vampires. And basically, what they are is, like, uh, in Anne Rice novels, vampires are, like, really, really beautiful and really feminine. And they're, like, the idealized people. But the way they, the way, like, everyone, like, people fall in love with vampires, like, at first sight in her fiction, but, like, they, because they're so perfect, but, like, the way they're like that is they're, they literally, st- they don't just drink someone's blood just to, like, feed, but they steal, like, their life essence, so, like, the reason they're, they're so perfect is they can, they're, they're taking that person's, like, life energy, whatever you want to call it, life essence, and they're key. If they don't, their soul. If they, 
if they don't get it, they become like really, really hideous monsters. Like if you've ever seen the movie in interview with the vampire, which is an adaptation of an Anne Rice novel, uh, and then later in the movie, Tom Cruise gets super <laughs> you, ugly because you're the only one I know who likes that movie. I saw that. I'm like, wait, you like the Tom Cruise vampire movie? I don't know anyone else who likes that movie besides. It's you. weird because because I, I, I mentioned this like, uh, interview with the vampire like months ago for something, and it's like, wow, just hearing it again. <laughs> weird deja vu. Uh, but uh, I like that movie. Anyways, um, all right. Uh, it's not the best movie, but whatever. Um, but uh, anyways, Trump, Tom Cruise gets really ugly because he doesn't get any blood, and uh, that's kind of like that's what, what this happens game in Vampire. Is. Uh, not not specifically, but I'm saying like that's kind of like what they okay. go with. They just specifically said they were inspired by Anne Rice stuff when I when I interviewed them last year. Uh, the Can game you does look your character to look like Tom Cruise. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Oh, um, could, uh, not Brad Pitt. Not not Brad Pitt either. But um, <laughs> uh, the game looks a lot better than it did last year because I saw a demo last year too, and it looked very like squishy and kind of awkward. Whereas this, like it, it you can tell. Like God, I I almost cringe saying this, but mm-hmm. you can tell that they played Dark Souls and <laughs> and. And they like like when you lock onto someone in this new build, it like it's like the it looks exactly the same, like the little dot in the center of the enemy that's like illuminating, and it's like okay, yeah, you played Dark Souls, I get it. Um, but what's kind so of what interesting about the Dark Souls of uh, and Rice films? No, of uh, of Twilight. I don't know. Uh, okay. But um, what what's kind of uh, interesting about this game um, is the it's all about like the district and what you how you affect them so like you can't just like like in the game if you want to level up you actually have to feed on people and people have different blood quality so it's not like you can just run up to like some like henchmen and like grind out levels in combat because you actually get very little experience from uh, combat so it's uh not like a traditional rpg in that regard and uh, you can't just feed on like some you know disease ridden person because their blood quality is super low so like they come up with these interesting ideas that like in the demo i saw i was pursuing or i wasn't i wasn't playing um we were following this like serial murderer and um his mother was protecting him and he had really i can't remember like it was really loud it was a really kind of like loud demo so i couldn't hear like everything the guy was saying or like the quality was bad but Anyways, typical uh, E3 experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that kind of thing, and um, I remember that the, the, for some reason we had to like get stronger to face this killer, and the best way to do it, or we had we had the choice was you could see, you know, this mother hadn't done anything wrong herself really. She just was protecting her son, even though her son is you know killing people in the night, and um. So they were like, she has really high blood quality. So if you want to level up so you can take on the sun easier because it's a boss fight, um, you can feed on her and level up quickly. But then again, how how is she going to affect the district if you kill her? Because like maybe she supplies medicine for the district. And I have the answer to this, but that that will satisfy both parties. You put her blood in blood vials and refrigerate them. Well, it's not Uh. blood. That's Bloodborne. Um, <laughs> but, uh, God, but <laughs> it's all they. But I'm, I'm not doing a good job explaining this. But basically, he f- decided to feed on the mother, and we like got a bunch of levels, you know, skill trees. Here's some, you get some new abilities, and then we went and fought the boss and all 
all was hunky-dory. But what's interesting about um, the game is how the districts, again, how NPCs, certain NPCs, uh, how they affect the world. So, like, you could kill a dock worker and say that dock worker, uh, maybe he had a really important role in that he was supposed to, I don't know, supply food to the the district. And if you kill him, it might get overrun by, like, gangs because, like, it falls in despair because no one's getting any food. And uh, it's all about, like, the how you interact with the world and how you deal with, you know, feeding on people. Because if you want to progress, you do have to feed. But, you know, not every, you know, bad guys aren't, you can't just, like, do the thing where it's like, well, I'll just go, you know, fight some thugs and take their experience and level up that way. And they don't have to feel bad about, you know, the more the morality of it because they, they won't all have great blood quality. And uh, it looked a lot better from last year. And um, there was still some iffy stuff like the combat. It looked better, but it was definitely like super squishy, which is it, kind of weird because I because like when it when when you feed, it's like this really sharp visceral. I use the horrible word visceral. Is it like really a cutscene sh- or something like that? Like a, it's like a close up and everything. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you like uh, when you get behind someone in a stealth game and you like choke yeah. them out. Only the okay, that's what like, I figured. Yeah, tearing out their jugular. It's like a very like serrated knife on flesh type of like <laughs> nice. action um Ooh, and like uh and but like when you get to like the the, the quote-unquote rpg parties like slashing the guy in the chest over and over and over and he's just get the guys just like absorbing the damage it's kind of like this weird like contrast in my view but um it it, it, it looks so it looks pretty good i think it might be i don't i don't think it's going to be like a amazing rpg or anything i think it's probably going to be like a like a b or c tier game uh like the surge you'd say yeah something like because yeah like the surge is funny because like the same publisher um <laughs> but uh i think it is promised just because it's it's a very unique uh you know i've never really heard of an rpg like that and then when when have you i mean what kind of vampire games are there like we haven't had a blood masquerade <laughs> <laughs> blood, blood Rain, remember those games? Oh, uh, RPG, yes. Wasn't there yeah, a but... shitty game that was just called, like, Dark or something like that? Oh, oh. I know what you're talking about. I know what um, you're talking about. Fuck, it was Va- wet. It, um... There was Vampire Rain, if you remember that. Oh, uh, that was awful. I remember, like, that would, like, yeah. you you would run across. You're supposed to be stealth. It was supposed to be stealthy or something shitty like there's, that there's if you were caught like this, by other uh, people. Xbox MMO thing that was, like, vampire-related, too. I totally forgot, though, what it was. Xbox. Fuck. But it's... Yeah. But it, yeah, I don't know. If Operation, it's the, like that strategy bit, game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I had Operation in the name, I believe. Yeah, Operation. Dude, don't know it is an interesting studio because when you look at their history of games, first they made Remember Me, Operation which Genesis. was kind of like a kind of interesting no, beat 'em up adventure. That was under Capcom, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they made Life is Strange, which everyone loves, and then they're making this weird-ass vampire game. I don't know. They're... Soon they're going to make a mech game, and then it'll be amazing. Operation Darkness. <laughs> well, they are, they are. Dark Knot is making that Life is Strange 2, the proper new oh, Life yeah, is Strange right. game. It, it, to, to clarify that before the Storm thing is a totally different developer. It's Yeah, it's from uh, a different developer. It's a prequel, and it doesn't have... It has as Chloe and Rachel from the game, but uh, Chloe is by a different voice actress because of the strike that was going on with SAG after, and so the voice of Chloe is actually helping as a writer. So they got a new voice actor, but apparently 
it seemed pretty dead. Like uh, for people I know who are big fans of Life, Life is Strange, they saw Before the Storm and it was kind of like, you know, it felt a little flat. And because there's no supernatural stuff in it at all, there's no time travel or mm-hmm. anything, which makes sense because Max isn't really there. Although I think one of the DLC things is you get to experience another like a last chapter with Max, which I think is poor, is a bad thing to do. But the Life is Strange 2, which uh, it's not called 2, but that's that's tentative anyway. Uh, Don't Not is, is a whole new game. Uh, maybe in that same world or something like that, but is with different characters. So I just want to mention that that's their next project they announced. But that's what, you know what? that's what makes vampires so interesting. Uh, that it's from those people, and they always tell a really good stories. It seems like they've get, they're they're getting there in terms of gameplay too. It sounds like mm-hmm. you know what game we did. Uh, well, another game I got to play though, and Josh did too. <laughs> we got we got to play Dissidia FF. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. NT. NT. Nice. Yeah. So and and, 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 and uh, I, our first match lasted a good maybe twenty five seconds of match because we 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 went up against a team that clearly knew what they the fuck they were doing. Yeah, because they destroyed us like immediately. So I picked Squall because I like Squall. I know Zach doesn't, but uh, uh, who were, were you, Zidane? I was I was I was uh, Zidane the second match. I was Furion the first match. Okay, so we loaded the game and like literally died in like twenty seconds. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, this, this, this is it. So, so, so could could you explain how exactly? Because you can probably do it. How Dissidia works with okay, like the meter so, and everything. All right. So, if you're, has any of you played the original Dissidia games on the PSP? Any of them? I haven't. I put like two hours into the very first one. I played the original. Okay, and then, well, here's here's what I remember. Let's tell you if I remember. If okay, I'm okay, close. that's good. So like, do you have like you have to like build up your brave first? So you do, do like certain attacks that don't actually do damage, but they like build up your brave meter. And then like once it's high enough, then you can do like actual damage dealing attacks. And then also the brave meter has something to do with your defense as well, uh, something like that. Good. Okay, we're about one tenth of the way there. Good so, job. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm proud of you. Okay, so the Cydia really built upon like the the same kind of flow of the uh, previous ones, and the previous ones uh, revolved around two different types of attacks: bravery attacks and HP attacks. So a lot of the a lot of the flow of the match is kind of bouncing this bravery number that you have at like the down center part of your screen. It's like a big ass number, even over your HP. Your HP is like a little number. So. Well, this is essentially like your attack power. That number displays that if you do an HP attack now and it hits an opponent, it'll do that much damage to them, uh, it, to their HP. Now, if you successfully pull off these uh, bravery attack, it'll go down to zero. And, it'll, and after a few seconds, it'll build up to a base number of 1,000 again. So that, what I mean by defense is every time you do an HP, uh, I mean, a bravery attack on someone, it'll take off the number of bravery attack uh, bravery number that you take off them, say like a bravery attack does 38, it depletes that from them and gives it to you. And so you're basically weakening them and making you stronger every time you land a brave attack. So if this number ever goes down to zero and you hit them with a bravery attack, they go back, you break them. And so they're in this broken state and in a broken state with brave, you essentially can't do any damage. Any bravery attack you do during broken state you won't it won't do anything to them you won't even get any bravery back uh or if you do an hp attack uh to them while you're in this broken state you'll uh get out of that uh, broken state immediately but you won't do any damage just to get you out of there so to kind of scale it back a bit this the city is uh originally on the psp uh 1v1 like 3d arena brawler uh fighting game 
you could uh, you were the had the stage you can freely roam around it you can like fly around dash around towards your opponent and of course like the the main objective was to get their hp down to zero and the whole gimmick with that was the, the bravery system that i mentioned so you're kind of building uh, you're you're bouncing your offense and defense around this bravery thing so that that's kind of like the the main gameplay in a nutshell in terms of like how the battle mechanics work so the thing with the city of final fantasy nt uh, which was announced for PlayStation 4 for next year. Um, that's exclusive, uh, right? Exclusive PS4? Exclusive to PS4, okay, okay. yes. Sure. Uh-huh. And the, this is like a, a port of the arcade version that launched like in late 2015 in J- Japanese arcades. So the, instead of 1v1, there's, uh, the main primary way to play this game is 3v3. And that's a huge, huge uh, change because it's fucking chaotic as hell. Because now you have to worry about uh, three oncoming targets, and they all have you know separate uh, battle plans. Like each uh, character is assigned one of four like character types. You have these vanguards, which are the like you know warrior of light and uh, cloud, uh, who are very much like tanks, like the frontline people who can take hits, who can uh, deal a lot of damage. Uh, you know they're very straightforward characters. Uh, you have your assassins like Zidane and Titus who uh, attack, uh, their mobility is, you know, they're faster than the vanguards. They can attack faster than the vanguards. They're, they're, sweet, they're weaker on per hit, but they can get attacks in. So they're very much like a hit and run kind of uh, people. Uh, you have the, the range people, the marksmen, uh, like Yishtola and Terra, who attack from a distance with their spells uh, and whatnot. So they can... Uh, you kind of have to like position them in a way that they are out of harm's way, but you can still deal damage with them uh, consistently. And then you have like weird characters that are like part of the unique class, like uh, Vaughn and Bartz, who like with Vaughn, he takes uh, advantage of like FF12's license board system, so he has different specialties in combat. Same thing with Bartz, you can like change job classes mid combat and whatnot. So forming your 3v3 team you kind of have to have a, a good um understanding of how which types of characters mesh well together uh and much like you know in like marvel versus capcom where you kind of need uh, characters that can assist you in combat and you have uh, a different uh battle plan uh compared to like traditional fighting games uh so you're you're definitely gonna have like support oriented characters like someone will be relegated to, like support for example who has, who has like healing spells uh, it's also kind of like, Mo- like a MOBA in a sense that like you're, there, there are direct counters to, to these things. Some character types will excel better than other character types and whatnot. So you kind of have like the base of this 3v3 thing. They all have their different character types. Mm-hmm. Then you also have you know the Final Fantasy summons that work fundamentally different uh, from previous installments. In previous installments, they were kind of like almost broken to a certain point. Uh, where they give you a huge, huge advantage in combat once they're summoned. So, for example, for example, if we, uh, Ifrit, when you uh, summon him in the PSP once, he gives you a, uh, a 50% increase on your current brave. So if you have, like, uh, say, 3,000 um, brave on you and you summon him, he'll give you 1,500. So that's a, a straight, you know, increase to what you have. And that's kind of, you, you could exploit it in very savage ways. And this one, it's it's more teamwork oriented so in in the middle of combat when you have these uh when you pick a summon for your group um there's these summon like crystals that pop up in the course of the match 
and um, both you and your team has open access to them. So you basically have to break the crystal uh, by whacking away at it, uh, kind of like denying your t- uh, the opponents away from it to fill up this meter at the top right. So when that's uh, filled, you and your team can summon them. And then on, on top of like you know like a straight like zone of like where they'll do damage to opponents, they also have a lasting passive effect. So like if, if for uh, for this one, his lasting effect is all your whole team will have uh, increased damage on their bravery attacks instead of like a straight uh, bravery increase on the pawn summon. So it's 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 things like that. It's very much a, a very different game uh, just by adding more players in it. Uh, not to dwell too much on like you know the nitty gritty specifics. But you can equip your characters like you know different skills and spells. Like Zidane had like uh, a battle set that like added more skills to his like daggers. But he also had a- another set that you can choose where he is more support oriented, where he can like heal uh, teammates' health uh, if they're in the vicinity of him over time, or you can uh, cast poison to any like uh, uh, enemies like around you, which will have the you know the inverse effect of that. And there's a lot of things to consider. It's very, 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 very busy visually. Like you've seen the UI screenshots. It's. it's... I think they. I think they even said that basically the UI is not final. Like we're going to improve it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. This has. I know they're aiming for esports uh, centric on this, and that's not a very spectator friendly uh, game. Uh, just no. if you have that UI on it, like uh, like every aspect of that UI, I get, and I know why that's super valuable. For like a tournament player, that's all very, very good info, but just presented in a more consumable way to like people who are like looking at it. And I think you, 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 you definitely have something special on your hands of that game. It looks great. It, it sounds great. It, it, it is definitely a mess uh, in terms of like when six characters on screen just fucking go <laughs> at it, you know. It, but it, it's it, a wonderful it's, kind of chaos. It's fun. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it was. I loved. Uh, uh, I really, I don't know. There was just like I don't really really played anything like that. I don't really know what to compare it to, mm-hmm. but it, it just felt like a like a like a silly shonen anime battle. Pretty but like much. you were, it was cool. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, I'm really very excited to see like you know what the future of that game is. I'm I'm glad that they finally you know uh, it's out there. It's coming soon. And also you know support doesn't stop for it when it comes out as well. You're still trying to update it on new characters. New I like how I remember the uh, like. The, Amazon description basically said like Noctis is in the game like it's like and c- cool not. well I mean he hasn't been shown in the game yeah. any time yeah. before now even though like it's definitely not a stretch that he would be yeah, at it so probably gonna be there uh, like as a pre-order DLC or something who knows but yeah um, I'm, I'm I really want to see more of that game it's it's cool what they did to that mm-hmm. I agree it was it was pretty rad I, I guess I should mention too like the way you win a match is like Anytime, anytime you like kill an opponent, it knocks off like their team health at the at the upper left corner, and it's like sectioned mm-hmm. off by th- through three sections. So anytime a, a a team, an individual team, suffers three casualties, whether it's the same player dying over and over again, or like two people died once and another person like dies another time, like as long as they suffer a total of three casualties, the, then they're gone. Game's over. And in the lobby, you can spam, like, emotes. And... Oh, yeah, that was the best part. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, like, pre-canned messages, uh, like, uh, th- during the lobby setup. <laughs> that, that, that reminds me of, like, like old LAN, like, Age of Empires. Yes, it's very yeah. much Whereas, like that. Like, we could, like, just step these stupid little insults. All hell yeah. the losers and all that. <laughs> like, I, had, I played Squall both times, and, like, I just found one where he goes, Ugh. 
<laughs> over, uh, over. <laughs> I forgot mine. Like, I also use a date. I think it was something like, I hope I don't do something dumb today. I hope I don't do something dumb today. <laughs> yeah, that repeated quote when you go into a fighting game. That's the best. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so the city was a lot of fun. It's good to hear. Uh, so then, then I mean, anything else to say about the city, though? No, um, no I'm cool. just curious to see what else they'll, they'll show off and how they rework that. Because I think like, the worst part of that thing is just that the UI provides way too much info for like casual players. It's it's Yeah, that yeah. screen is a mess. And it doesn't seem like they fixed it anyway from the arcade version, which is almost identical. So that's yeah. a, I wish you could resize it, like make it as small as possible. I, I hope or that, I hope it. Yeah, yeah you, like you remove some of that stuff. Um, so the last notable game that we've got on our list then is Pillars 2. Uh, which is a big game for Brian, uh, a game that actually I really need to get around to playing, which I'm glad it's coming to the PS4. But what's your feeling about Pillars 2, Brian? Uh, basically, I got to sit down and it was kind of a two-parter. First, I got to sit down with the Pillars 1 console version, which I won't say a whole lot on. I think it's adequate. Obviously, having that sort of real-time with pause game on a on a controller is going to be difficult no matter what. But they had some nice tricks for instance, I don't want to go into detail about how it controls on a console, um, but for instance, instead of having like a mouse cursor where you would click a, a, a corpse and you know go move your character over to loot it, there'd be a button that you would hold that would highlight any interactable object on the screen, and then you could like highlight it and press you know X or accept, and it, your character will automatically move over to to um, to loot it or interact. So first, I got to mess with Pillars One console version, and then they had a hands-off. Pillars 2 demo, and the in the initial take, and this is going to be a hard sell verbally, but the UI is like completely revamped, and it looks a lot slicker, a lot neater. The, the information is um, far more. There's a lot of there's a higher degree of clarity. For instance, um, one of the things that how Pillars One works is that each character has their own inventory. So like when you're picking up objects before you get really used to it, I would pick up, for instance, a sword, and like. Crap! I thought I thought I put that in my backpack, but maybe I actually accidentally put it into the inventory of one of my playable characters. Where did it go? So there was a few instances of confusion, and in, right away it's a completely overhaul. It's it's like it took a, they took the game and gave it a new UI. Um, and then my my other takeaway is that one of Pillars of Eternity One's weakest component was its stronghold component. Um, it was originally a Kickstarter uh, stretch goal because. I guess it's a commonality in RPGs to have some sort of base building component sure. where you have you put you put in your supplies and you get access to merchants or you get access to quests or something like that. But it was really thin. Like you you really had no reason to go there except to like change out your party members. It was just bad. It was it was kind of like well it was a stretch goal. We've got to put it in here. Um, so basically what they t- did is they took all the feedback from that and said, we are going to make this better. We are hey, going to make good. this. Uh, we are going to incorporate this into our game in a way where it's meaningful and where it's useful. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like just uh, a record so, add-on or something. So yeah. Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire takes place in the Deadfire Archipelago. So it's a bunch of islands. So basically your stronghold is your ship. So it is like of paramount importance now. It is your crew. It is how you uh, I, just, I, just, I just want to note, like I don't really know a whole lot about Pillars, but I do know like the very first key art of Pillars of Eternity Two was the ship. So it sounds yeah, like yeah. So basically, they're like big part, yeah. So basically, they are like the first, you want to go anywhere, you're going through your quote unquote stronghold. You will assemble a crew. You will uh, 
accept quests there. You'll travel the world map from your ship. You will be able to decorate your ship with different sails or whatever. Like it is, they basically are. They don't want to just say, "Oh, we're not going to do that again." Because we didn't do it very well the first time, they are doubling down and saying we are going to do this right this time. Um, so I got to sit down with the developers at uh, to talk about the game, and my my main general takeaway is that obviously whenever Obsidian gets their hands in anything, um, people are saying wins Coder Three or wins Fallout Louisiana. Um, you know that that's what people are kind of excited about, mainly because they have such a good track record of having very interesting, well written games in those series. But they are really excited about Pillars because this this might seem like an obvious fact, but not something that I originally thought about. This is the first time that they are making a sequel to an IP that is their own, and yeah, that I don't think you I don't think you can understate that. They're like we yeah. they own they own the Pillars IP. Paradox doesn't own it. No one else owns it. They're they're self publishing as of now. That's the plan. So Very basically, much like their baby, right? Like I kind of asked them if you could work on anything. What would you work on? I was kind of trying to introduce the question, like, if you had the opportunity to work on Fallout again, would you? I didn't ask it in that way. I basically asked, what would you work on if you could work on anything? And they're like, well, Pillars. It's ours. It's our, you know, it's completely, it's, <laughs> com- it's, it's completely ours. We can do whatever we want with it. Yes. And, like, so they decided, okay, we want to make a sequel. So they're doing that. There's also, like, a card game, and Josh Sawyer is making a pen and paper game. That's oh, being I heard about that. yeah. So basically it's, I know I know a lot of people are really like, oh man, I really loved Alpha Protocol, or I really want another coder game from them, Metro Republic, or I want. Um, a funny little anecdote is that Dead Fire, before it was announced, was titled Project Louisiana. Yeah. So people were like, really people were like, oh, it's gonna be Fallout Louisiana yeah. or Fallout New Orleans. And then I asked Josh about that, and he's like, oh, well, for any one of his design documents, he has different journals for every state. And the project of any individual game is just the journal that he takes his notes in. And for Deadfire, the journal was Louisiana's journal. Like, for instance, I believe Pillars 1 was Project Vermont. And that's all it was. But, of course, the Internet rumors run with it. And they're like, oh, my God, the URL says Project LA. It's Fallout New Orleans. It's like, no, it was yes. never Fallout. It was never New Orleans. Um, but uh, they're excited about it. Um, it's It sounds like it's... It, 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 has the same protagonist as the first game so it's like the same character being carried over it's not like dragon age where it's the same world but a different viewpoint it's literally you're playing as the same character so there is a little bit of continuity there but at the same time they're saying you don't need to play the first game to uh it's not requisite and the reason they say that is because the dead fire archipelago is not really introduced in the first game it's kind of like seated in a side quest and it's mentioned but like you don't know the politics there, you don't know what's going on. It's kind of it's kind of like Mass Effect Andromeda if it starred the same character. Does that make sense? Like it's it's kind of divorced from the political goings ons of the first game. So, uh, so it has kind of like that continuity in the fact that you're the same character, but the story events are going to be a flavor all their own. Obviously, kind of embarking on that naval theme, uh, warring islands, uh, harsh environment. Some of them are going to be uninhabited, etc. So. Sounds. I really need to play that as well as a similar type of game, uh, Divinity: Original Sin. Oh <laughs> yeah, you really. That's that's the game that I think that. Uh, that was our game of the year two, that year. Yeah, exactly. From twenty fourteen, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. The thing about both of those uh, games yeah. is because obviously, since they're isometric, you know, I don't want to call them like cheap or low budget, but they, it just doesn't take the amount of man hours to animate 
those sorts of games. So obviously they got to they got to make it inviting and give you a draw through the writing and through the narrative. And so so it's very dense. Like you have to like get you have to kind of place yourself in there and say, I'm going to have to do some reading. It's it's only going to be maybe 20 or 30 percent voice acted. Uh, so basically they're they're going to they're going to try to grab you with their writing. It's kind of fascinating when you think about that Layer and Studios. Obviously, they've been in the game for a long time, but Divinity Original Sin seems very much inspired by those games from back then. The games that uh, who is now what is now Obsidian, like a lot of the key staff, worked on like Baldur's Gate and the Fallout games and all that old old like computer RPG, the the throwbacks. And so now you've got like this renaissance of sorts of these games again that are almost like as popular as they were back then almost or at least they're as well received and they're made as well as they used to be uh, especially like with uh obsidian with their pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff like that like the the really st- the style that you kind of grew up with and are very familiar with and so it's amazing that they're pushing forward with this that seemed to be very successful because yeah they said pillars is very much their own thing and they're not like bending to the will of the mainstream or something like that and going a completely different direction something more acceptable with a wider audience like no we've got something going here and we're going to stick to it yeah and um one of the one of my last anecdotes i'll share for this is when we were talking about fallout uh josh sawyer when he was eventually brought on at black isle studios he said his dream was always to make a fallout game and i don't remember the exact timeline but he joined Black Isle after Fallout 2 and Brotherhood of Steel released, and then the IP was bought by Bethesda. So he thought, oh, I'm, I'm never going to get my chance. But then, you know, lo and behold, they did get to work on New Vegas, which is obviously kind of a different animal. But it, it was just kind of neat how it kind of did circle back to uh, the original creators of Fallout in Black Isle Studios, who it became Obsidian more or less, um, did get to work on New Vegas. And as always, they kind of gave me the coy, well, we would love to work on Fallout again. But, uh, they don't know if it's in the cards. Yeah. And it, sound, it, it does sound like if they had a choice, they would they would rather work on something that is theirs, not something that is borrowed. So that's why they love pillars so much. Full like, control. So I'm a, so, right. I, won't, I won't claim to know anything how it's actually like to work on developing a game. But the, like the fact that you don't have to like – like all the communication is like with your own employees and your own staff in your own building. Um, and maybe like a publisher – like if they're working with right. Paradox basically, or whatever, basically like, they said rather that pillars... that's, I'm assuming like trying to work with Bethesda, like trying to do all that extra, like that whole extra layer of communication and like reporting and demands and whatever else Bethesda like basically throws out their lap. Like I, 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 I assume that's like a big, you know, that's that's something that, yeah. <laughs> so they they enjoy being able to work on something that is fully theirs. So the other game, to segue, that I got to play uh, on the show floor was Kingdom Come Deliverance. And it's kind of a smaller scale title. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Now, um, just a very short history lesson. This was like kickstarted like three years ago, right? Yeah, it was, it was kickstarted as an open world medieval like Crusades era RPG, 1403. And no uh, magic. And no, yeah, it's not... So it's kind of like Western fantasy, but it's it's supposed to be like historically accurate. Like there's no magic, no no wizards, no dragons. Uh, the the historical events, like there's actually a codex in this game that basically says like you want to learn more about King Wenceslas of uh, Bohemia or whatever it is. Here it is. Like here's basically kind of an inverse wiki entry in your codex. Uh, like and or <laughs> you can go to Wikipedia. You can go to Wikipedia and learn more about this if you want to. Um, it was originally had a it originally had like a delivery date on their Kickstarter of like late 2015. So it's very 
late. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> Go figure, but, right? That's how it usually goes. And like, I'm going to segue that into my next thought where when I looked at it, it looked very unfinished. Like it has, a, it has some very interesting systems in play, specifically the combat. Uh, so I'll talk about that later a little bit more, not too much. Um, but it has like nice old Republic one era, like lip flaps and animation where you, people joke about Bioware face where they kind of like, well, awkwardly, if Dead you're in, face, in yeah. yeah, if you're, if you're awkwardly talking to someone, they will not move. They'll do a couple can gestures over and over and they'll speak in a way that no human actually speaks. Um, it's kind of like that. It, it's like, I felt like I was being thrown back 10 years. It's where, placeholder. Yeah. Very where much where so. they, they, where they would have like a five second animation where they would like, you know, move their shoulders or their arms or their hands. And then they'd repeat it again and again because they had enough, they had like three lines of dialogue to say to you. And it's like, man, this is awkward. It's like, I'm speaking to an animatronic. Um, so that kind of really threw me out of the moment. Like this is supposed to release early next year. Is this the state? Like, obviously it's a smaller studio war horse. I think this was the first game, but it really threw me off. It was just like, people thought that animations in, uh, um, Andromeda were bad initially. These are going to be worse. I think it didn't have like the weird bugs, like exorcist or like weird, uh, <laughs> you know, weird, uh, weird buggy animation. It was just low budget. Uh, so to talk about something more promising, the combat is actually pretty interesting. It's all first person, which you, when you think of first person combat, you think Skyrim. Oh, Skyrim yeah. Like, Oh, <laughs> your first shoulder button is going to be a light swing. Your second shoulder button is going to be a heavy swing and it'll take more stamina at the end. Um, it's more complicated than that. Uh, you've got, uh, like seven different weapon types, like short sword, broadsword, mace. Some of them you can wield a shield with and some of them you can't cause you have to two hand your weapon. Um, and, on the enemy, they will have kind of a starburst on them with five directions, uh, upper right, lower right, down, lower left, upper left. And you will have to move your right joystick. Your left joystick moves your character. Your, your right joystick will highlight... Oh, I was playing with a pad. I'm assuming there'll be similar keyboard controls. Um, will highlight a certain section of starburst, which will basically say, this is what you're trying to attack, or this is what you're going to swing at or stab at. And... They will also have their own weapon ready to either block or parry. So you kind of have to have an eye out on where is their weapon located? Are they in the middle of swinging? Are they backing up for me? And it's very, very difficult. I died a lot um, because I would swing in an area where their weapon was going to be and they parried me and then stabbed me. And it's the Dark Souls of medieval Dark Ages RPGs. Yeah. And basically any any swing uh, any swing that you do is going to deplete your stamina and if you raise your shield any block that you do is going to deplete your stamina so it has a ton of like management where like if you go on the offensive and swing even two or three times you're going to be defenseless for a bit so if you waste your swings and miss or they parry them and you're staggered you are boned you cannot do anything because you have no stamina and they're going to swing at you and you cannot raise your shield because you're staggered like it's very much a risk reward sort of uh if you if you attack and attack and pick a poor moment you are going to be punished for it so it was very like engaging and difficult but in a way that was like oh i shouldn't have done that not in a way where it was like i don't understand how this works um so that was kind of the highlight of it um there's a few there's a few other intricacies i'll just kind of list them off like in a very short manner because i don't want to go along like for instance wearing a heavy helmet will give you more armor, but will kind of limit your field of view. Like there is like a trade-off, like you literally have less real estate on your screen to work with because you are wearing one of those medieval visors and that's its trade-off. 
you don't just get to wear this and say, oh, it, it weighs me down a little bit. Like you can't see very well. Um, you could, of course, go helmetless, but then any blow to your upper part of your starburst is going to hurt a whole lot more. Uh, things like that. There's like, and there's like under armor, over armor, each with their own like stats and benefits and whatever, kind of more typical stuff. But so those are my two, two key takeaways. Combat is deep and interesting. Uh, the op open world dialogue and questing looks very unfinished and kind of bad. Welcome to E3. <laughs> That's typically like the stuff you'll find, but obviously it's quite a ways away. Um, and but it sounds like at least that it's finding the things that it, the original was uh kind of weak at and finding important ways to improve upon it so that's good to hear that they've got a vision. my only my only other game that i got to play and this will be just a quick 30 second thing was zway the ilvard insurrection yeah i'm excited which is for that, that yeah which is the localization of zway 2 i don't think we ever got zway 1 nope we never that's got any right zway yeah. So it's, it's kind of a smaller title. They've announced that it's coming out in summer, so it's at most two or three months away. Yeah. It's a dungeon crawler type game with some RPG and platforming elements. It seems like it's supposed to be kind of a relaxing, like it, it's got color. It's, it's got charm. it's got a, it, it's a guru. It's man. a char Yeah, it's a it charming looks, it, game. It basically looks like Guru Man, only Guru Man is more like N sixty four era platformer vibes, where this is a little bit more RPG ish, action y. You know, Guruman was an action RPG, but it was kind of like very light, and this is like not so light. Is what what yeah, it looks so. Like. It kind it kind of looks like an isometric um, Dark Cloud two. That's kind of what it looks like. It's very vibrant, even on a kind of a smaller demo TV surrounded on the E three show floor with bad lighting. It did stick out as like, man, this game just it's kind of pleasant to look at. It's pleasing. It, it pops out. Um, Right. So, that's why they did the second one and not the first one because the second one held up more to today's standards that's kind of the big reason right. why isn't the first the one more the, like the, 2d yeah yeah yeah. it's it's kind of yeah so i got to play like a little demo where the characters already had like gear that they weren't supposed to have yet so it was pretty easy um but i have the my takeaway was kind of that it wasn't supposed to be a very difficult game like you have like one your one of your characters i don't remember her name blue-haired witch is ragna um, and ragna's the guy and arlen something oh, like that she has like the ability to cast like spells of six or seven different elements and basically each each enemy type will have a weakness and if you use the right element you'll have an easy time it's not meant to be like very punishing or difficult or it's just kind of supposed to be like very loose fun engaging pleasant it's supposed to it's charming and i think i'm getting my point so across. It's, it's very uh -huh. very old era falcom which is yeah, yeah. so yeah, the only thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that right now it's only a PC release. So the original game was a PC game. So like that does make some sense. But I just feel like it's like I was just kind of surprised. Like this isn't coming to PS4. It just I just thought that was just interesting. To well, see you them. never know what's going to happen with some of these things. Like Grumman ended up on 3DS. Like how did that happen? What did yeah, happen? Yeah. <laughs> I think for Falcom's side though, it's that unless they're actually contracted by Falcom to do it, they're not going to do it. It's it's like bringing mm -hmm. it to other port another system. It's like it's PC or nothing at this point for them. I think that's their but approach. To, to, to tether this into a little bit of a larger scope discussion, it is kind of cool that we a few months ago we saw Xanadu come to the PC localized. Now we're seeing this, and they're bringing um, Cold Steel to the PC with additional voice work. So it is kind of cool to see the um the localization efforts to bring these games to english you know pc slash steam so yeah and if i'm not mistaken i think this game it was falcom's last pc game or one of the last few right. of their yeah major I, PC I believe games. i believe it was 
So. Yeah. So, and you know that came out like this game. I think came out like in um, was it two thousand nine? I think it I was. I think it was two thousand eight, and then like it was re released in two thousand nine. And this is obviously based off the re release. Yeah, yeah. The with plus, some extra things. I think it was called. So yeah, it's awesome to see the fact that we're getting more and more of those older kind of games. And I just makes me want to hope that they'll bring like the old, like really old stuff. You know, from like the the East Four. I think was like one of those games. Was Donovis was the game that never got localized or something like that? I'm, I'm, I might be mistaken here. It was remade, well, that's, I believe. But yeah. Well, that's what that's what that Memories of Salcedo kind yeah. of was a. Yeah, retelling yeah, of it's kind of funny about the E series. Just to, aside, like I don't know anything about five, like was like four was like uh, remade. No, five was or four was remade a few times and yeah. had a relatively recent one. The other ones have PC ports, you know, yes. they're English, and then it's like there's a fifth one somewhere. Yeah, I don't know anything about one. it. That was, a, that was probably the uh, one I was think, thinking of. Yeah, I think the natural like uh, next thing for them is like maybe bring Memories of Salsetta to PC or something. It's the thing is, like that has a, it has like a Chinese one, <laughs> yeah. and it looks. A, I mean. Yeah. That game looked rough on Vita. Like it's, it's. I liked it. I thought it was. Yeah, cool. it, it was rough. In general. I mean, it was rough, but I, mean, I really loved it myself. But it's not, it mean, just kind of like a lot of Falcom games. It's like not necessarily a looker. <laughs> yeah, Cold Steel Three still looks kind of like, uh, but you know, as as far as gameplay, but uh, as far as the visuals, I mean, the gameplay looks fun. Okay, so let's wrap this okay. up because we've been doing this for about three hours. So let's let's kind of like tidy this up. Uh, I'll go around. What's your game of show? One num- one game, Adam. Ah, yeah, the, uh, that same. <laughs> no, gotta choose one game. Ah. The games we talked about today. We talked about a lot of games today. What Honestly, game are you most excited for? The game I'm most excited for yes. probably Zway. I know we were just talking about it, so like recency bias or whatever. But no, that's fine. Um, can just be your. Be- the I mean, I tend to be more excited for games that, that wasn't are yeah. anyway, and that's what that's supposed to be releasing this summer sometime. Um, that was that was at E3, so that does count. All right, Josh. Oh, man, it's like toss up between Ace Combat, Gundam. And oh, that looks Invisible. fucking great, doesn't it? Ace Combat Seven looks fucking awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. For that one. So I don't know. It's it's tough between those three. I mean, All for right. the purposes of of an RPG site, I guess it defaults to Indivisible, which I didn't get a chance to talk about here, but. Um, Ace Combat and Gundam are very close seconds. We'll see Indivisible at Anime Expo, so we'll have a lot to talk about with that. Kyle? Uh, it's really hard to say, uh, but I think, uh, I think it's Yakuza 6. Oh, that game looks so cool. I can't wait. Brian, your first E3, what was your game of show? Uh, I cannot decide between either Metro or Wolfenstein. I'll probably give the head to Wolfenstein just because I could play it. For an RPG... Probably, actually, Assassin's Creed, to be honest, because I think it's been long enough since I've played that series that there's been enough iterations and changes where I'm like, you know what? I'm ready. I want to I want to do another one. Like, totally I haven't right, played yeah. one. I haven't played one in like six years. So I'm, I'm up and this seems like the right time to jump back in. <laughs> Absolutely. I think for me, it's it's, you know, it's probably gonna be shadow of the class shadow of the class just because it's such i'm such a huge fan of that game but the other game i'm very curious about is what kyle's talking about vampire just because don't nod uh life is strange i'm such a big fan of i'm very interested to see what they're able to do as far as a an rpg of the vampires because i'm a big fan of vampire the masquerade bloodlines and so i want another one of those games that'd be pretty awesome all right so we have some we had some other stuff at the end but we're just going to skip that because this is going long enough we obviously they announced dot hack gu last week code was a remake of the gu games that's fucking great i'm really excited to play that out that's at the end of the year that's insane that it's out this year uh for ps4 and pc so 
That's exciting. And then Sakaguchi announced his next game, Terra Battle 2 and Terra Battle Wars. Uh, Terra Wars, excuse me. That's the claymation game, and that looks bizarre, and there's a trailer out, and you guys should watch it because it's really weird. Um, and I'm not disappointed so much that he's not making another big game because that'll come eventually. He's still trying to get some money together, so we'll see what it goes. And he's working with Silicon Studio, so that should be good. All right, so let's wrap things up. Now, where you guys can find us, as always, you can find us on our website, rpgsite.net. We've got a ton of previews. We were just talking about all those games we talked about. A lot of them we have previews for. Assassin's Creed, Vampire, and, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Dissidia. Uh, we got a lot of stuff there. So go check it out. Um, and Pillars, I believe, too, right, Ryan? Do we have something? Uh, soon. soon. It'll be up soon. Yes, I know you're talking about it. All right, great. So, yeah, guys can uh, find out more about that. Um, and, yeah, we've got a lot more stuff show- coming up soon. Uh, Anime Expo is next week, so me and Dosh will be checking a lot of that stuff, and we'll be uh, posting some stuff up on the site once we're done with that. Uh, we'll be skipping over next week, Saturday's podcast unless you guys all want to do that because we're going to be so busy with the uh, with the show floor itself with Anime Expo that we might not get a chance to, but we might do a podcast after that's done. On Twitter, you can find us at RPG Site on Facebook.com slash RPG Site Net, on YouTube.com slash RPG Site Net. You can find with Valkyria Chronicles 3 continues. Um, and we got some gameplay videos up there too, so go check that out. Uh, I'm going to try to see if we can get some E3 videos up there too from what you guys recorded. Also, you can find us on iTunes. Just search for TetraCast. Find it right there. Please leave a review. That'd be awesome. Also, our Discord, discord.me slash RPG site. If you are attending Anime Expo, we do have a separate channel for that. So if you want to have people that you can hang out with and chat about the show, uh, come on over. And we'll chat. Otherwise, we've got other channels as well. And, of course, we're always welcoming new people. Finally, where can you find us on Twitter? Brian, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, Zeo Masicot. Z-E-O-M-A-S-S-I-C-O-T. Thank you. Kyle, where can they find you? Uh, at Levito. At L-E-V-I-T-0. Awesome. Adam? K-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Thank you. And Josh? Um, at H-D Karen. H-D-K-I-R-I-N. Thank you. And you can find me at Zachary's. Uh, so only order a normal username. That's an absolutely. <laughs> I don't need to spell you... that out. <laughs> no, please spell it out. Z a c k r e e s e. Yes. Thank you. Abnormal. Zachary's. Yes. Normal. Normal. I'm not normal. Uh, it's mostly retweets. So that's what you're gonna get when you go to follow me. Josh is just a bunch of mobage crap. So yes. It's all Gundam, man. <laughs> it's all you see. Goddamn Simpho Gear shit. Uh, <laughs> season three, right? All right, so. Season four, even. Season four. I'm sorry. There's like way too many seasons of that sure. show. I don't even know. Uh, I know. All right, so once again, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you were able to stick around for how long, how long this podcast got. But I'd like to once again thank Adam, Josh, Kyle, and Brian for being a part of this. I'm Zach Reese once again as your host. Catch us next time. You should time. just title it as like the lost E3 episode, the lost yeah. chapter. Yeah, we were going to have a special E3 podcast, but that's what this became. And so I'm glad at least you guys were able to have a chance to discuss all this because I know you were dying to talk about it and just didn't get a chance to really. Literally dying. Yes, you were all on the floor, I'm panting dead. and breathing and blood all over. It was a very scary sight. I know Kyle's dead. Kyle, I'm Kyle, dead. why are you here? Why are you still with us? I don't even know. Thanks, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next time for another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.